1: Welcome to Axe to Grind, uh, without question, without doubt, uh, without any uh, semblance of, uh, of uh, misgivings. Or humility. The, the best hardcore podcast in all of existence. Uh, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Patrick. I'm Bob. I'm Tom. And our guest today?
2: Gavin Van Vlack.
1: Now, Gavin, I'm going to put this delicately. To many of our listeners, mm-hmm. you need say no more
3: they know that name
1: but to maybe an equal number of our listeners Mm. I'd like you to give your resume a little bit or at least why you think we're interviewing you
2: um I think I'm fucking entertaining first off am I allowed to swear on this yes yeah yeah yeah
1: Um
2: yeah it's uh it wasn't guess, because we I, saw him down believe, at the corner. I yeah. believe that I believe it was, it was me or the wino. <laughs> you know, the wino had better things to do. But he, yeah, he was looking for a couple bucks, and you were just like, "Let's go, let's go I have work fun for free." I'm a whore. Um, yeah, uh, my 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 pedigree or lineage. Let's see. I, I kind of grew up in the in, in music. I don't even say like so much the hardcore scene because I, I originally come from like you know like I was like a metal kid. Mm-hmm. Um, Where are
4: you from originally?
2: Originally, well, here's uh, let's 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 kill. I some, don't know this. Yeah. Let's kill let's kill some uh, let's kill some uh, some mythology NBC, here, right?
4: Well, oh, I, I love
2: killing mythology. Let yeah, let's kill some mythology because I have like you know like I have like this New York hardcore pedigree, but I'm not, I'm actually a country kid. I grew up in New Hampshire. Oh you know, really? Up in, uh, upper New England, like New Hampshire, and Vermont. Um uh you know, I'm not like like you want to talk New Yorkers. Like, I mean, that's John Joseph, that's Jimmy Jimmy Dresher from Murphy's Law, mm. that's Harley Flanagan. Those kids, mm. those guys are New Yorkers. Mm. They're like died in the wall. I'm a country kid, man. I, I I I claim nothing to be like. You know, I, I, you know I'm from the streets. Yeah, you know, I'm from a swamp. <laughs> you know. Uh, so we're gonna talk about Lake Winnipesaukee or, or oh, Lake Sunapee. Lake Sunapee actually. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. And Lake Balmazine. Um, Holy <laughs> like Bobazine. Yeah. yeah. Cast Castle Cast in Vermont represent. There um, we go. I like that. Uh which was you know that that was like my introduction to punk rock was there because being a kid there, you, there was nothing to do, and if you were into music, you were basically left to your own devices because it sucked. Right. Um so there was a college radio station at Castleton, and they played everything from Black Sabbath to Black Flag and the Spizz and X and the Sex Pistols and the Ramones uh-huh. and all that stuff. And it was just a wide, wide variety of music. I was anything with a distorted guitar. I was into, and actually, my first, my first musical influence was, and this was really weird, not influence, but my first musical experience, like, was Waylon Jennings. Ah. Huh. Yeah um, Cause my mom Drank a lot And she would take mm-hmm. us To the bar Yeah and, <laughs> This is coming together now Yeah I was at a roadhouse bar And uh You're the youngest You're the oldest I'm the youngest And the only boy Okay um, Oh Yep yeah. And uh My dad My dad Jettisoned like When I was like Two years old hmm. Um so it's like, you know, like, you know, like I jokingly say like my family, my, my parents did the best they could, which was leave and die. Oh. Um, <laughs> um, we get dark here, so it's all right. You know, well, it's like always when, I, when yeah. I hear people talk about their parents and I'm just kind of like, oh, it's like watching monkeys mm-hmm. at the zoo. Because they like, I don't have a I don't have a really good reference of parents. You know, it's like, um, that sounds cool. I've seen the
3: simulation. All right. You like, know,
2: yeah, like, with that? Oh, right? Really? That one, it's like, wow, glad I was an orphan. Um, and. But uh, yeah, and when I was uh, about 12 years old, we moved down to we moved down to New York. My mom was originally from Bedford Stuyvesant, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know my like it's you know it was like Freddie Alva did a thing about Latinos and hardcore, and you know it's like it came people oh I didn't know you were Mexican. I'm like well I go around wearing a Mexican flag, (laughs) sombrero, you know sombrero. Well, yeah, well it's I'm half Dutch, half Mexican, Um, and. it was, uh, we moved down here and it was really weird because my mom wanted to be close to the city for her family, but it was kind of tough because I just got into a lot of fights. I, the, the shit beat out of me on a regular basis.
4: Did you move back to like New York City or Brooklyn? Or?
2: We moved back to New York City. Right. And uh, we, why were we getting in fights? Because uh, back then, like, we had moved to Pitt Street first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we had moved to Bed-Stuy, And then because my mom was insistent on. On kind of uh like being close to family and my oldest sister lived up in westchester and she was like mom mm-hmm. you're sick yeah and my mom was really like you know she had cancer so she was on mm-hmm. uh morphine sulfate and all a shitload of pills it was just all pain management yeah. at this point so we moved up to westchester and uh how old are you god at that point i'm still like 12 yeah yeah i i you know yeah. i, I major ass whoopings for like six months and uh because it was like you know mostly like, like Puerto Rican and black kids, and you're like, and the, like, new yeah, like and the new kid, the new kid, and that's how kids, kids. Yeah. We know this. Kids are fucking ruthless. They'll be in a 12 you know, year old movie, yeah, as, as, as and they we're, don't and care the, where you're and, moving, it and they're easy. pack animals, you know. And yeah. uh so it was like you know, we went up to Westchester, and it was uh it was interesting because i still come down to the city. I would go to like you know go to shows like at the you know, like not even shows concerts like at Madison yeah. Square Garden and like you know yeah. different places like that, and. uh you know the the one thing I had was was well the two things I had were music and athletics because yeah. i always been an athletic kid because when I was really young like when I was like six years old I was waking up and I ran a trap line like I because basically myself and my sisters worked to like kick in for the family because my sure. mom was sick my yeah. oldest sister was the man of the house she yeah. worked three jobs to put herself through college and support the family Jesus um, yeah she's, shout you know, out big sister yeah she, Donna, Donna Van Vlack is more of a man than most of the people I fucking know um, what's she doing now um, she lives in Pennsylvania. She's married. She works. She has worked in statistical arbitrage, which, for those who don't know, they eat babies. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> that's, it's it's a division in the stock market, which basically they it's it's really really ruthless baby trading future. And she's, cool. yeah she's she's been in that parts. for a long time, and she's. I mean, she was my best man at my wedding. That's right. you know. Yeah, uh, and my other uh, sister, Donna. my other sister lives up in uh, up in Spanish Harlem. She's rad as hell. She's an actress. Um, she's getting you know, getting after her art. And Stephanie's really just you know made a good made a good life for herself. But yeah, it was really kind of tough, especially growing up where we did, where you know we're half half so we might as well just been Mexican. Right, I mean, we're we're wetbacks. Ugh. you know that, we heard that and my oldest sister this is one thing is like she's uh, this is really difficult to say we come from different fathers yeah but i've never called her my half sister because she's never shown me half love right you right. know um but her family like the dutch side of the, my family didn't want to know of us because we're you You're know, out. we're we're, we're half breeds you know and but she her her family um was Jet, Jets kind of like you know they were like they treated her like a second class citizen until she became successful then all of a sudden yeah. everybody everybody wanted to like was like oh you know Donna you're you're, like, you're the shit that's the it's weird we need works. to work on we gotta get that success <laughs> level up and
3: then maybe this
2: podcast is it right yeah. huh? now I've learned so much from her just you know it's just you can't let that shit get to you cuz a lot of people get resentful over that kind of shit like oh you know like and I'm the first one man I will I will harbor a, like I will harbor a grudge like it's a puppy you know it's like, <laughs> oh, oh I'm, oh, I'm going to show you yeah, you know it's like and I will I will nurse that thing into a feral canine basically <laughs> um and it's a bad it's a bad bad behavior but then back to like upbringing like it was in Westchester and it was it was interesting because being in Vermont you didn't have exposure to like 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 shows and stuff like that being in Westchester there were kids who were more into what I was into like yeah. also being Mexican and being into punk rock and being into metal not fucking cool at that time in, in, no. in, you know um, but there were other kids that were into music and then all of a sudden also this 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 weird black music called hip hop mm. you know which I was like Wow, this is fucking cool. Westchester, 94th, Bronx. <laughs> and now, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and you start to get all these musical influences, and uh, then starting to go to the, the Anthrax, the original Anthrax, mm. which was in Stamford, Connecticut. Mm. Was the basement was owned by the Sheridan brothers, and from there you meet kids and you started going to the city to shows, and it was all like a. It, it, there's a there's a quote by I mean and I love my biological family what I have of it but yeah. there's a quote by Dan Savage which I think is very poignant you have your biological family and then you have your logical family <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, and I come cool. from a generation of kids in the hardcore scene that we were raised by wolves and drag queens yeah you know so it's kind of like <laughs> right. um think that's lost on people now that connection to like like for hardcore kids like true freak shit true different stuff like see here's know, the thing that. and uh Gingy Brown, a singer for Absolution, said something that was very, very, very poignant about his love of music and how, like, he's really into punk rock and he's into disco. And Gingy, for those who don't know, Gingy, after Absolution, he recorded with, like, Shockley. He recorded, like, the Grave Diggers. He did all this hip-hop stuff. He did some major stuff.
4: As, like, an engineer? Or As an know?
2: engineer, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. and. uh now he DJs in Florida yeah down in Miami yeah he does house and he's an amazing house DJ right um but he's. we are talking about it because we both have this love for old disco and old punk rock, which, like, you know... You know were, back then, we were... Yeah, really but, yo, yo like. Roger said it best, man. Never trust a hardcore kid who, who wasn't was like into... Punk. Who didn't like punk. Sure. And, like, that's like R.A. and hip-hop. R.A. the Rugged Man said, I, I can't talk hip-hop with you if you don't know who Cool G Rap is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah, that simple.
4: Because we bring that up all the time about young kids that it's like... Young rappers or young hardcore kids that like don't know the pillars, yeah, and they only go so far back. And it's like, yeah. and, I'm not, saying, and yeah. I'm not saying,
2: and I'm not saying because you know, I of all people have always been like, don't romance about the past because yes. you're letting the present slip by, sure. Well, and that's you know? the
3: hard part right now is like young people want what's in the moment, and sometimes we yeah. we kind of talk about yeah. we're like, yo, we get some of the classic hardcore, you know, if I got in stuff in the mid 90s. The stuff that was going on in the early 80s, late 70s, that didn't feel like a thousand miles away. Yeah. If you were born in the mid or late 90s, you go, yo, you're trying to talk to me about 1980? I can't even listen to that. Yeah. And it's this weird disconnect. And so one of the things we try to do is make it so it's like, yo, no, that stuff still feels vibrant. It still feels alive. When I listen to it, I'm like, I can't I can't see how this doesn't resonate to a 20-year-old
2: now 20 years from now or 20 years ago yeah you know what I mean so well some music is absolutely timeless like you I mean think about when I was born like 68 Mm -hmm. what was happening then shit like the Stooges and MC5 which to me is like here's there was always the big battle of like oh who created punk rock was it London was it New York it was (laughs) neither it was Detroit (laughs) that's true (laughs) it was Detroit and then it's like you know it's you know, if you think about Detroit's con- contribution to music from like R&B and soul, blues, right. punk rock, techno, right. the early yeah. the early right. the early early techno came out of Detroit. Right. You know, um and it's just you know, I I just I I love music. Um I don't think there's ever been a time that I've always been about like one style of music and I've always been I mean I mean I'm a very, I'm an easy, easy to dictate person. I'm very trendy, super trendy. Is that right? Oh, You're absolutely. Like a kind of like, no, because no. <laughs> I, uh, trendy in the way it's easy to, di- like I said, easy to dictate. Because once everything starts going this way, I'm the, going the other direction. Uh, oh, so the, I'm on on naturally, ah, yeah, I'm reverse, just habitually a so iconoclastic. I'm a, not contrarian. Yeah, just, I'm iconoclastic. I don't believe in. Okay, that's being done. Mm. Cool, you got that handled. I'm gonna find this. I wanna find this. Hmm. Is
3: that that what resonates with the hardcore? Because it seems like no matter what, hardcore's always gonna be that
2: over there. You know what I mean? Until it's this. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, I mean it's because after a while shit gets so homogenous. And I think to me, hardcore and getting back to it, like the hardcore that I love was stuff that was different. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you asked me about my top fives. And a right. lot of those bands You played those for like Now kids now That are into like Say Jesus piece Oh this is rock and roll Right Like the adolescents Or X Or right. shit X, like that uh, Yeah of course You know Yeah But you gotta understand Where that stuff comes from And when we get back To the whole disco And punk rock thing With disco and punk rock It didn't matter What background you came from What gender specificity you were right. All of that stuff But then with hardcore and hip hop, there was this kind of, kind of dominant alpha attitude, which to me became a little
1: bit exclusionary. I think no doubt there's like... So a lot of people would ID the difference between punk and hardcore yeah. as sort of, depending on your viewpoint, either a rampant, unhealthy masculinity yeah. or if a more charitable way to put it would be like... A bit of a, 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 a like a bit I don't even know if that's more charitable no go ahead I, I, I was, I was, say the fucking words like a, a little bit of an alpha to to not pecking order you know what I mean yeah. but it yeah, doesn't right. but it, it's rough because while I see all of those criticisms very clearly you know what I mean I, I also it just appeals to me more do you understand hardcore over punk yeah well I so, mean to me it's no I understand that too
2: I understand that too but there's uh and I'm not, I'm, I'm the last person to go and blast uh, masculinity because I think quite honestly right now there's a, you know, the word man is a four letter word. It seems to be, mm. um, you know, and I'm not going, I'm not going to front on my, on my, on my own, like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a 240 pound, like, you know, ex competitive fighter. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, I, I'm very, very secure within like who I am. Yeah. But because I'm that, I shouldn't be judged. It's like I like, I get it all the time. Are you, are you like to fuck people up? I'm like, well, not really. No. right. I mean there is, there is I have certain tools that I can use, right, you know right. And certain tools that like, you know, and it's funny because there was a, there's, there's a situation that happened where um, someone kind of crossed a line to me and I was like, did you think for a second that like, oh, that I'd gotten too old and soft in the teeth? Or that like oh well no you're sober now I, I, I've just been
1: waiting for someone to cross that fucking line yeah, and you
2: did it you just did it you I know,
1: can, you know how, when I can ID, ID a hard man when he says there was a situation that happened <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how I can ID that's somebody, a good identifier of yeah, a problem situation for, for yeah. people at home if somebody says uh, there was a situation that happened if that's how they proceed the, their story it usually ends with an ass kicking so <laughs> I, I, I thought I could ID where that was yeah, going and, uh, <laughs> but to me
2: it's like I have a different I have a different concept on what like like the alpha male is like if like yeah. my friends who I consider like it's it's no I mean I'm, Tate Fletcher is a really really good friend of mine mm. and I look at Tate Fletcher and Tate Fletcher is like a protector. Mm-hmm. Tate Fletcher is like one of the most warm, loving, open. Has no problem with making himself vulnerable to learn new things. And to me, to be like a, a true quote unquote alpha, because here's the thing: you're never going to erase alpha from the society this is what we have we have right. alpha females just as much I I work I work in a martial arts gym I am around some incredibly highly enforced alpha females some of our athletes are amazing
1: yes. in
2: that factor but they do not abuse that yeah. you know well
1: you sound like at this point you sound like a when you talk to, like, a real martial artist, this is always what it boils down to. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always, anytime you talk to a real-deal martial artist, right. it always is at some point goes, but obviously I prefer not. Right. Yeah. Very
4: respectful. I mean, like, well, yeah. and,
3: and I mean, and the other side is the idea, like, like gender, and, like, right now we're talking, gender's, like, this big conversation in the country and in people, like, identifying themselves, and what you said is right, man can be a four-letter word, yeah. and it's it's kind of we talk about it a lot is the idea of what man means and like you use some scriptures to describe this guy who's you're like this guy's an yeah. alpha he's warm he's loving he's protective yeah. and and I think he's he's willing to be vulnerable and those aren't words that people connect though that's what we should be working towards is that those two things man vulnerable warm loving all these things caring sensitive emotional yeah. like those don't have to be mutually at odds. Those are not yeah. mutually exclusive. Absolutely. And in the same respect, for female,
2: alpha, strong, dominant, those things aren't exclusive either. Those Yo, let me, me, let me pipe things. it right now and anybody who's familiar with Jessica Pimentel, yeah. you want to talk alpha. You want to yeah. talk You want to talk about a woman who fucking breathes fire. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you know she is? And, uh... You would know her. She, she, uh, it's funny because for the longest time I I watched I, I, I you know I watched her go through like her development and how she you know how she goes about things and how she takes care of herself and like and it's just so amazing to watch like my friends who I'm around like her grow yeah you know what they come out of and what they come from yeah. and she's very very similar to Tate in a lot of ways you know um and that's the thing. Like, uh, I mean, it's another one of our, one of another one of our, uh, our athletes. Uh, this, this woman, Sarah Carswell, who, I, you know, I, I see, like, I watched her come into the gym, and she always had this presence, and she was very, very like. Keen to learn Very focused And she's come into this role Now at the gym Where she's kind of she She's a, kind of This alpha mother Right You know yeah. Which I love, Yo, how about I, love term, right? I, I love the alpha fact I love the fact I love the fact That she her, her, her walkout song When she fights Is Call Me Mother By RuPaul She's, <laughs> yeah, she's She is Just by all Definitions Badassery Yeah Um, You know, and you think about women within our scene. Like, very few people will remember IJT Records. Jen Topper. Mm -hmm. Jen Topper, another woman who was brilliant, you know? And we have these people around us. We have, you know, like, these Roger Murrays, these, you know, Purcells. Mm -hmm. The people that we have amongst us um, that I consider to be kind of proper alphas. Mm -hmm. Jake Bannon. Jake Bannon for as as downplayed as he is to himself very quiet very right. but there's there's something about him that is just very you cannot fuck with right yeah you yeah. know right. um there 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 is a way that these people are forged right you know there's a way that these people are made and that that i think people can learn from do you, you know. think they're
4: just so comfortable That they can allow themselves to kind of It
2: takes a long time to get comfortable to like in your own spirit, I was kinda. in co- I, Dude I was in Like I joke about how like I'm a huge fan of drugs and alcohol Being 16 years sober But that, Congratulations on that thing, yeah, That's a big thing That yeah. got me That got me to where I am Because like that point Drugs and alcohol Were a tool You know It went from uh, It went from like Basically like magic To maintenance To madness right. And uh oh. You know So it was uh You'll hear a lot of AA L- a- a- L- a- 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 talk talk for me. Right? It's, uh, but uh, it's because I, I didn't really have, you know, I, I talk about my growing up yeah. and, you know, all that stuff. And I used to, well, I remember when I first got sober, I would be bitching about, oh, my dad, and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Da, 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 da. And I was one guy, like 35 years sober, looked at me and like, Well, aren't you glad that's over? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like All right, yeah. yeah so it's kind of you yeah. know and that's what it was for me and uh god
3: so so you said something that was so you just weren't secure you weren't comfortable in your own skin no absolutely
2: well i think like, like that's something of, i think people need to hear it, and be able to talk of, about part of it is like growing up be, being kind of like you know not really sure of yourself and uh you know, the, like, there was always there was, and it's not like you know, I'm not saying like we grew up with with racism. It's not like we had people burning crosses on our lawns, right? But there right. was always kind of like you're a second class citizen because right. you're half Mexican. And right. I'm friend. I mean, I'm still friends with a lot of kids that I went to grade school with. That's right. You know, I say yeah. I, I I'm in contact because of like you know the magical book of faces. <laughs> you know, and but the, like the the kids were awesome. Yeah, but. It's if there was a big change when we came down to the city and it was kind of like instantly I was instantly transformed into a white boy. Yeah, you were moved from right. Where yeah. You Herbal were a down, in a down white to the neighborhood city, yeah. And, yeah. and I speak right. so I, at that point no, no Spanish. Spanish, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah, right, I speak right. more Thai than I do Spanish, um, <laughs> and uh, it's it was it was you know a lot of that, and then it was kind of weird because. I started drinking at a really early, early age because right. it was just accessible, and drugs at a really, really early age because it was accessible. I had, I had Percodan and Percocet and Brompton's cocktail around the house. I was like a Jeez. little fucking junkie, holy you shit. you know. but Especially even back in Vermont? Oh yeah, yeah. This is when like you went to the city. oh anyway. no, though. No, this is like at six, seven years old. Jesus, like, yeah. Like I went in for my first transfusion at like seven. Mm, I drank shit. myself into a fucking like just passed out on the right. doghouse in the backyard. Oh man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And uh yeah, woke up in the hospital. Getting a transfusion at seven. Yeah.
3: Like that's the kind of shit that you're lucky you made it past ten. You yeah. You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah, but I mean here's the you, thing did about you ever it, see six and seven year olds on how
2: small they are and think about that? It's oh crazy. absolutely well I've I've been I've been to Thailand, I've been to Jakarta, I've been to mm-hmm. Mexico. I seen I've seen i I've seen, seen four year old, five year old kids with cigarettes. Oh, you know? It's sure. like Um but, uh. Well, you think of Easton, and you put I know, it in I have a four year old son, and yeah, it's just like, oh, like,
3: uh, yeah, because yeah. you don't think about, um, you know, how often am I around a four or five year it's, old? It's no, not, yeah.
2: it's not, a, it's all about, like, I'm very sure of it. I'm not exactly, you know, like, I'm very sure the second I learned that spinning around in circles Feels would, would, would give me that same feeling effect. Get, same effect, <laughs> I did it until I fell the fuck down. And you're like, yeah. all right, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it This is what like, I was looking for. This is my <laughs> high. But it was like it, it it made sense, and then there was a long span for a while. I think from the time I was probably about nine years old until I got to be about fourteen that I really didn't do anything. And there was there was kind of like I was doing sports, I was doing athletics, and I was trying to like trying to fit in,
3: right? Because that was also part of your life, even from a yeah. age,
2: doing athletics. Yeah, what
3: was your go to sport?
2: Um, well, I grew up. My mom put me into wrestling, mm-hmm. um, and then lacrosse. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, and uh, you got nice ears for a wrestler, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> <lucky>. <laughs> They're that? tight to my head. That's yeah. why. Um, yeah, really. For all the stuff. And then I, I played fo- I played football as well. Right but right. Uh, it then it was, but it was like it, to me, it was always. I was trying to fit in, but I didn't fit in. And then I remember it was like I was at some show. And someone offered me a beer And I was like Yeah sure Why the fuck not I mean I didn't really know About straight edge Or anything like that right. And uh, I had a beer And all of a sudden I was like Oh I remember this This is rad <laughs> mm. Alright Wow I wish I had a butt <laughs> <Like>, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great Great Kind of weird drug stories Jason Surface From Crackdown And I on Tompkins Square Park bench doing whippets. Oh Jesus, <laughs> we were, I think we we're like seventeen years old. Right. <laughs> I remember we we're just sitting there just like zoned out doing whippets. It's which anybody knows that was a whippet's like nitrous oxide. And Jason just turns to me and is like I wish I had a button on the side of my neck I could press it would make me feel like this <laughs> <laughs> That's called the Nas button. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And anybody who doesn't know who Crackdown is, Jason Surface yeah, was one of the like such a great front man, just such a great person. and fucking just. man, when he got pushed over to the other edge was just, yeah, lethal. yeah. Lethal, lethal human being. just wiry ballistic. <laughs> and big fucking hands. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's kind of very similar to like Ezek where you know, Dandy's got that really wiry built but, but he's got, got these fucking big brick hands. Yeah, you know, that's all you need. And I've, and I've seen, I've seen Dan. has got natural
1: boxing ability. Yeah, yeah I've nice.
2: seen that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen him, I, like if, I've seen him knock people out. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. You know. um, Question about, yeah. about the, uh, so you're going to shows at this time, we're talking whippet time. Yeah. Uh, how, how druggy is the scene at that point? How druggy is New York in Lots. like
3: 86. <laughs> he's looking Lots. at it, he's yes. looking at you like what you what yeah. you know about it? But like what? Lots. But because this is is this pre? This oh, is yes, like youth of today is not, not here yet, right? right? Uh, youth of today is not bringing the suburbs kids in, the in yet.
2: T- no, youth of today was around. Yeah, and the straight thing was around because that's I mean, like Ray and Purcell have they've always been. Yeah, that. They're coming around from like eighty-five. They've always on, been yeah. that. Yep, they've always been that. That's their, they're, they're, you know, that's their thing, you know? And it's, I mean, not their thing. It's like their, you know, but it's like that's their identity and who right. they are, right. you know? Right. Um, and uh, I was, you know, I, I've been friends with those guys for a long time. I ran with that bunch. And there was just certain things about it, which I was like, it didn't feel, right it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Right. You know? And but I, so
3: you were also, so you'd run with those dudes, but then
2: also be at the park. Yeah. cracked yeah. <laughs>
3: crackdown.
2: I mean, yeah. it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it was like, you know, because that's, I mean, at the time, we're like 16, yeah, 16, 17 years old. You're still trying to really figure out who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, scientifically, it's, it's proven you, your prefrontal cortex doesn't contact your amygdala until you're like 25 to 26 yeah. years old. <laughs> right. So you're still a fucking child soldier.
3: And you're right. especially thinking about that you are in this weird social scene too of yeah. fucking hardcore and punk yeah. in New York where things are just exploding and there's this and this and there's these guys and these guys there and was, you're trying to figure your way out yeah
2: there was so much like really just like amazing stuff going on like bands that I think are like you know everybody think you know, like you know there's, there's always going to be the Cro-Mags and the Bad Brains and <laughs> Agnostic <that> <laughs> Front, <of> Murphy's <laughs> Law <laughs> but bands like you know everybody knows Antidote but like Wolfpack Ultraviolence, yeah. um, you know from Albany like Albany style Fit for Abuse uh violent children yeah. uh cia there were so many cool bands that just kind of like pushed chance. to the push to the wayside like they, they kind of like off to the memory graveyard in a way um it was really just you know but there was just there was this it was a lot of fun yeah but there was a certain point where it got super super violent mm. and i, I kind of pulled away it's like
4: late 80s early 90s when it got late to really 80s,
2: early, yeah. early 90s and right. I kind of pulled away from that I started there was other things going on like in Williamsburg particularly at that point cuz burn but like you know it's kind of started you know, I was in absolution before that which right. we were already we were already I mean we were living like Sergio Sergio Vega and Gingy lived on Hope Street uh right. which we thought was the most ironic name for that neighborhood at <laughs> yeah, that time it, like it you was know off, yeah. exactly. it was not a lot of hope um, that's true. but uh you know and yeah, we like. It was. How, can you
3: explain just because I want to get right back to this? Explain New York to someone who was born after 1990. <laughs> explain New York in the 80s. You know what I mean? Um, I was I was a child. I lived upstate in yeah, Albany, and yeah. my father worked in the city. When I would come down with him, when my mother would allow me, I wasn't allowed to not hold his hand or go here or there, and I was I had to be in his eyesight at all times.
2: Here's. It's weird to describe it because for me as, you know, a, a pedestrian, someone walking around, it was kind of like there was, every corner had danger and excitement and it was kind of like there was always, you never knew if you were going to walk down an alley, if you were going to get like mugged or you were going to walk into this amazing fucking party. <laughs> it was, You know, you just right, never, yeah, right. you never fucking knew. And, uh, I love stories like, like you talk like uh, like Dan Calf uh, Dan mm-hmm. Calf talks yeah. about like yeah, he, you know he well. grew up in Greenpoint and he's like yeah I remember my mom we, Like, we used to get we used to be on 2nd Avenue heading downtown and at 14th Street she'd lock all the doors and run all the lights straight I mean, down to Delancey to get across <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know, yeah, that's you know? Bullshit. and that's what it was and it's so strange because the city has grown and I appreciate it, but there's so many social reference points that are gone mm. and you know, the venues and I, it's, it's foolhardy of me to carry like sentimentality about those things. Cause you know, all things are like, all things are fleeting and impermanent and I'm mm-hmm. not meaning to sound like some kind of fucking guru, but you no, come we get to pretty that, granola in here. You so come yeah. to that, you come to that realization and it's really kind of like, you know, it's like, You you know You you identify with certain things Like Tompkins Square Park Like Avenue A Like all that stuff And then You know Like I think a bigger point for me Because that that stuff was important But I think what was really Like With Absolution and Burn Because we lived in We didn't really live Lower East Side So to speak At that point We were in Williamsburg Mm. Which was even more What the Lower East. East Side was like Like It was amazing because if you if you, it gave it, it availed so many opportunities yeah. to do creative stuff if that's yeah. what you were and like do bands and do graffiti and you know like just express yourself yeah and at a certain point like around like I think it was eighty eight when I and I could be wrong because eighty eight is when ba- I think the Baker Beach party started which was what started Burning Man oh wow and there and there was. There was kind of a, a backlash on the East Coast in Williamsburg at the because everyone like the whole White Avenue and all that all those warehouses yeah. were fucking abandoned yeah. yeah and like myself and like like uh, like Stack yeah. and Sane and Smith and Ghost. Like all these graffiti, writers, we right. would go down there because you could hang out all friggin' day long. And you could like, yes. yeah, you'd bring a bunch of beers, you'd bring some food, and you would just do a mural, right? And, and you would hang out. The cops yet. didn't give a damn, yeah, right, right, right. And uh, and it was crazy because I remember one time, well, the first time we happened onto it, we had we had gone, we had gone, we had done these murals. Like I think, was like myself, Sane Stack hush and like our whole entourage had done these murals and we decided to go really. We were, like, we were kind of like hanging out, drinking beers, being being kids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's go to the warehouse and fucking hang out. We'll light a garbage can on fire da 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 you know, just chill. Yeah. And we got there and we had no idea what was going on because our pieces had become the backdrop for this huge fucking rave rave party uh-huh. pre-techno. Uh-huh. Like right. this art party. We walked in and there's a... 30 foot high wall of TVs on static with different things flashing, music playing, uh, people doing art, like just yeah. and we we're like, like what the fuck, what that, fuck yeah. planet did we just walk <laughs> right, into? Right. And being a kid at that age, you're like, mm. it's just astounding. Oh, yeah. And it opened up a lot more for me away from like, let's say, the general like CBGB's punk rock scene. Right. Sure. You know, which is like that's what I think. You had the division of the CBGB's punk rock, the CBGB's hardcore thing, and then the ABC BC, No Rio, which right came them up. Mm, yeah. and you which guys kind of like you, did we, both. you We walked the tightrope right. on that. Yeah, yeah right. Um, was and ABC No Rio was equally important in my opinion. And I know someone's going to throw fucking tomatoes at their fucking uh, whatever at me for this. So equally as important as fucking as CBGB's was. We're, we're yeah. very quick to dispel CBGB's. CBGB's a lot of good
3: stuff happened there.
4: It a
2: lot wasn't of good relative for the. It wasn't relevant for the past ten years. but It was open. Oh, and it was just a shower. Yeah,
4: Yeah, and they never gave the folks that built it the credit.
3: They,
2: they,
4: they,
3: at the very end when things were going to total shock, no, no,
2: hardcore did not make CBGBs. Are you going to tell me like television? I'm going to tell you talking heads. I'm going to tell you Blondie. I'm going to tell you, but hardcore doesn't exist to them. (laughs) What?
4: Hardcore doesn't even exist when they do the history of CBs. Nobody's (laughs) done
2: the right history yet. Here's the thing. Did you did you see the videotape when they dragged David Byrne out of there, kicking and screaming because he was going to kick this dude's ass? No. <laughs> yeah, well, there's plenty of video of hardcore kids doing that. We were a pain in hilly pistols. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. All right, yeah,
4: that's
2: true. You know, yeah. yeah. You know? Fair. Okay. No. You know, what was what was the worst? Like 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 you know like someone like someone me. Someone stole his big. So, yeah. Someone like me or Tommy Carroll get trying. Getting into a fight with like five or six fucking skinheads, or fucking Iggy yeah. Pop giving someone a blowjob in the back room. That's true. Yeah. Like,
4: yeah, really. Yeah, we didn't help. Hard. Hardcore kids didn't help themselves. That's fair. Yeah. Okay.
3: The Iggy fair. Pop story's better, right?
2: Let's be
4: real. That's a cool story. There's only yeah. one story like that. There's a hundred yeah. stories of someone getting sucked. So, yeah.
2: Exactly. So you know, yeah. <laughs> sure, I mean, fair. Everyone's like, they didn't show the hardcore scene. We've done a perfectly good job of promoting ourselves. Fair. Drew Stone has done a great documentary. Mm. There's a ton of great documentaries on hardcore. You no, know what? Quit pretending we didn't get our due we did this we did that shut the fuck up is That what it
3: sound like <laughs> no I, 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 yo that's only after sitting, hard workout yeah, hard I'm workout
4: after like, Jenny well, kills, like, kills me that's what I sound, going
2: like, like, well, I sound like fucking like wow I sound
4: like fucking Yeah. <laughs> yo, squad is right side right and the left listen yeah. Mo yeah. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> so no but we, we're These quick we're quick to drop CB, CB's it was it did it's thing it's cool but it gets a lot of hype ABC doesn't get as much talk Especially not to like hardcore kids, and yo, ABC was started. Well, it wasn't started; it existed, but it it comes into a- everyone's see,
2: existence. See, you know, we originally was it was an like, after-hours club because I worked as a bar back at the Pyramid, and after the Pyramid would close, a like lot of two, the drag, whatever a was. lot of the drag queens. And this is talking like this is back. This is like babyface. Um, Babyface, the drag queen, yeah. uh, like RuPaul was just starting out at that point, right. um, Lady Bunny, they would all go down, and there was an after-hours club down there right. where, I mean, t- like Todd, Todd, uh, Todd Youth and, mm-hmm. and and Ray Bees used to have to escort them down there so they wouldn't get beaten up. No shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that whole, the gay, the gay community and the like, hardcore scene have always been like, you know, like linked It's always been like In New York Since Those, the 70s Yeah in New well York. I mean, Jimmy and Ray Worked the door At the Pyramid Which was the queen of clubs Back right. in the day Right It originally started out You know And they also worked at A7 Right You know which is all, I mean Sadly like That's the That's the birthplace of hardcore Not CBGB's Like right. oh, what we yeah. did What we did for hardcore right. Like you know The whole television uh, Dead Boys punk rock thing right. That's CBGB's But the like you know, actual hardcore, actual Like American hardcore. hardcore. Yeah, it was like A seven. I never mm-hmm. went there. No, no. You know, a little too I early. Went, no. Yeah, and it was like you know, but that was where like you know, kids like Harley, Roger, Jimmy, you know, the guys from the Abuse, the Beastie Boys, mm-hmm. the right. Bad Brains, all went. All, but yeah. the, all it, that's where that was. That was the, that was the crucible where that was forged. True, fair. Yeah. You know, it's true. To so, from the so you get to,
3: you're in you're in Williamsburg and you're getting to see a world that isn't just the CBGB's hardcore scene. You're is that expanding your horizon? You're also working Yeah, because there was,
2: at that point too there was bands that were starting out like like the Unsane were starting out Uh Bark Market. There was a band called Dig That Hole which morphed into Cop Shoot Cop. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. all of that kind of stuff which to me was just really fantastic. I was like wow, this is fucking cool. And this is all
4: in Brooklyn. This is all in like... Like Unsane was like a Williamsburg band. Yeah, Yeah, which is wild. This is the
1: first... We've had our first Burning Man reference and 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 um, our first Bark Market reference. Have we gotten (laughs) Unsane in here before? We have. have I'm I'm an Unsane... I miss the Unsane show, but... I'll
2: I'll tell anybody this right now. If you have not gone out and listened to Elrond by Bark Market, you are... Not allowing yourself... I mean, there's there's something with music with me. It's a very important thing. Music should... There's one of two things that should inspire you. It should make you want to fuck or kill or both. 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 That both. record does... Both. both. Both? Oh, that record is so sexy. All right. Sexy and all... That record That record is like a fist fight in a bar leading into sex in the bathroom.
3: I'll give it <laughs> that. That's a that's
2: a good vibe. I mean, know? you were
4: an early AmRep adopter, correct? I mean, like you were into that before it became a thing.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- that that to me, I just thought was just much more. I like grit. Yeah. Right. You know, it's I like grit. Yeah. You know, there's something right. there's something in there that 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 resonates with me.
1: So know? so how'd you end up playing what you like if though if that's what you, uh, was appeal appealing to you at the time, right? If yeah. that scene that sound uh, like which was Pretty diverse people doing a lot of different shit. How'd you end up continuously playing hardcore? Because people well, call me
2: a hardcore musician. <laughs> 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 you got, when
1: Burn first came out, everyone's like, "Oh well, it's uh, too yeah. metal."
2: Yo, what yeah, was that? Because all, all your bands were
4: weird for the time. Yeah, right? I yeah, mean, that's true. Absolution
2: where? was not. That's it was right. Not, it was not. I mean, Absolution was really me basically trying to be, and I've said this before, being West Montgomery with a distortion pedal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So
1: so how did you... uh, Now, I understand this is a disease that hits so many of us where all... We're hardcore dudes All our friends are hardcore people And then suddenly Those are the only shows That we're allowed to play Right Those are the only shows We're getting invited to that, that, that's Is that what of,
2: happened it, it is a lot of the time But it's like The thing about Burn Is that We played with like You know We played with KRS-One We played with like We played with huge Like Absolution You know We played with fucking Living Color You know We did That would
1: have been a fun show Yeah It
2: was at Central Park That's cool Rock Racism Um But it's, you know, we've played, and I think that shows should be varied. I think that, like, you know, I don't, I think, you know, it's like... You know, you want here. Here's a bowl of milk. We're gonna put some more milk in that. Oh, yeah. how about some heavy cream? Here we put some. Uh, we we'll put some low fat in there. You know, we're gonna throw in a, a stick of butter.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's like all variations on the same fucking exactly. thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Here, let's cheese. put some chocolate yeah. in there. Let's, yeah. let's change cho- it up. Put some cheese. Yeah,
3: it's like chocolate. At least would Be change different. it. That's out. what I'm saying. Let's put some chocolate because I think a lot let's of put times. Put some fucking pepper in that shit. A lot right. of times, people think '80s hardcore dudes. Dudes in the would be more traditionalist especially as a but you're saying no you would have liked to have seen it mixed up even more Fuck yeah yeah because i mean and I, I think, think that's, that's why wrong. you
4: kind of went between abc where you would play with like a rorschach a and Meryl. then go to CB yeah. or whatever and play with fucking whoever, you know, well eventually truck, even like 59. i yeah.
2: mean even even where it was like you know like when and people like you know people always are like absolution burn but die 116 yeah. die 116 was an was Damn. a rolling art, art rock nightmare. Yeah. Right. You know, we basically, I, I didn't give a fuck. And I remember people just like, you know, trying to categorize it. I'm like, why do you have to fucking categorize what I'm doing? Yeah. Can't you just like Make it, it right now? You know that, you
1: know, they can't now. <laughs> yeah. You've had plenty of years to learn. The people are <laughs> yeah. totally of I mean, well, yeah. That's
2: like leading down to like what I'm doing now. Um, yeah. Awkward segue. Yeah, no, that was good. No, no, that no, was, no, that was, was good. good. That was unsmooth. Promo um, yourself, do Do, it. do the, the plot. Can- well. The canonized stuff is basically, um, I, I have you know, like, I'm a musician. I write yeah. fucking music, and that's what I like to do. And the I, I had the, all this material that I'm like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. And it didn't work for burn, and I wasn't gonna do it. Like you know, I was like. And then I had a couple people. One of them was a big champion. Mine was Artie Shepard from uh, Primitive mind Weapons, matter, air, yeah. Mind Over Matter, Era. He goes, why aren't you singing anymore? Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I've always hated my fucking voice. Up until recently, and mm-hmm. it's because I've been locking myself in a room during pre-production on this record, and really just like working on get, do, understanding what my voice does how it works right. getting comfortable with getting it getting comfortable with it yeah, I mean. when i
3: do this it sounds like
2: that yeah. yeah and it's it's awkward but it's and it's fucking uncomfortable but right. comfortable and
1: growth it's very, most
2: vulnerable you can be not, if comfortable yeah. and
1: growth don't go in the same That's sentence right. very often exactly so you know you're talking again like a martial artist how i don't want to derail you from talking about the uh, canadas Canada. but then shut up <laughs> But my question <laughs> How long have you had Have you always had I'm watching you You're a process thinker You know what I mean yeah. I'm watching you Now have you always been like? Have you always been <laughs> like that of, I, Oh no Is that, is that sobriety Or have you always been Cause
2: I'm I didn't have Here's the whole thing Is that I didn't have Like the. A process thinker Is someone Like basically who I don't act on my first thought.
3: Okay. That's so smart. My first thought is
2: just... a. My first thought is usually the worst fucking (laughs) idea. (laughs) I think we're in the same club, yeah. You know? I've learned to wait around for my second thought. um, And give that time to breathe. Um, Because, I mean, my first thought is, you know, very, very lizard brain. Right. Yeah, my my Um,
3: significant other has... Called me on that. It's like, who told you that it was okay for you to say the first thing that came to your head just because you thought you were being honest and that was yeah. okay? Yeah. We, we have to work on that. So yeah,
2: and uh... Bowie, Dylan, Marley. making enough like mistakes of the learning mm. variety that you know there's i mean now don't just uh, let me finish this whole statement there's a whole thing like insanity is repeating the same process over and over again expecting a different outcome which is not at all true in true insanity is repeating the same process over and over again knowing damn well what the outcome's going to be mm. Mm. that's fucking insanity yeah you know the other one is just willful ignorance, okay. <laughs> which I've been guilty of both. Yeah, like, yeah sure. Yeah. I have worn both dresses. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, and it's, I, it's taken a lot of time to understand that. And it's also, you know what it is. It's being a coach, being, being a coach and being a martial arts instructor and telling people that like listen make your fucking mistakes a lot you're not here we don't expect you to come into like like pcc business plug yeah. um give it, a give it, physical give it. culture collective um we don't expect you to come in and be like oh you oh yes you're a great mover and oh your martial arts is so great if you already if you already knew how to do muay thai or jiu-jitsu you really would probably not be coming straight in and being like okay i need a coach right mm-hmm. you know you got to make mistakes because that's where the that's where the corrections lie Mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of that gets lost in martial arts gyms because people get this idea of like oh it has to be perfect no there's no fucking perfection Mm -hmm. there's you can strive towards excellence but there is no perfection you know there's no perfection um case in point let's bring it back to music yeah. Please. burn we have songs like if you listen to the original of last great sea or shall be judged how they were originally recorded they are totally different songs now those songs in a way to me they they resemble a well graffitied uh, train car yeah cuz everybody's added on like little things everybody who's played yeah, on the every two, week's little week's things week. and it's like and there's little things that have improved and embellished and made them and i think that music should be allowed to do that because you always get these these um what's the term? There's a fucking scientific term. (laughs) Cocksuckers. That are like, the original version was, no, the original version was not better. You're
4: just used to it.
2: Yes. When people, people like, I'll take last great Oh, The original version with Don Fury was better. My personal taste, quite honestly, you know, put Kurt Ballou in one hand and Don Fury in the other hand. Two totally different things. I think Kurt Ballou's version of that song is way more in depth and right. has more meaning to it. Right. The, in 25 the, years difference. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and the, is, the 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 Don Fury version which was recorded in a rush like boom bap right you know was not you know, like right. I think that Don has done some great stuff like right. the the Victim and Pain record, right. the Gorilla Biscuit stuff. I don't think Burn was his was something that he really could Bring to and everybody's like, oh, the first EP, the first EP is a bunch of impetuous fucking kids in a room, and and you can't, you can't beat that fucking energy. That's
3: right, and that's the part is that what needs to happen is people not to be so comparative between the things. Yeah, this is better. It's difference, and you should be able to embrace it. And you might prefer one, and
2: nobody's gonna argue you preferring one or the other, but. But, but difference I'm is amazing. As the artist, yeah. don't tell me how to do my fucking art. Right. Never, fucking never, talking. never. Do it. Yeah, and, no. and don't music. Don't tell me how to do my no. as a music right. fan. How good is it? to hear
3: a different version it's why i will listen to a live fucking i don't know whatever whether it's a black flag record or a kiss record or fucking what's up i'll listen and hear the different shit that they're doing
2: or a different recording got shit on for like when they came back i was like oh quick floyd yo i personally love that trippy shit man that's great and i'm a huge fan of fucking dj sergio vega for president um, <laughs> You know I'm And Walter I, I love those guys And I think that They have done more To expand What we've done As a medium yeah. If you look at quicksand No quicksand No fucking Texas Is the reason No lots of, No lots Lots of, of Yeah Let's be real So right. you know what they're, they're, they're statesmen Let them do it Like, And they no go one, away yeah. For
3: 18 years You want them to write The next thing I was actually thinking about Walter with you because you're a pretty prolific artist. But there's been a couple periods where you didn't have stuff coming out.
2: One, what was going on there? Were you just... Because you were saying... Like, I was you writing songs music. for my dog. Yeah. Um, basically, that was it. There was a certain point where I was almost like, I don't know if I'm done or not. Um... But I had people, you know, like, you know, like, my girlfriend is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, why are you not working on music? Why? Not? And I was, but I just wasn't putting it out there. And I kind of was like, you know, I had become like an artistic recluse.
3: Right. Yeah. No, I think that's something know? that happens to people. You know, I have what good was, friends who do that. You What know? was
4: the thing you released previous to that, the newer burn segment? What was the thing before? Like, it was between Pry. And Burn, there was...
2: We did Absolution. Yeah.
4: That's right. Right, right, right.
2: We did... We we did... Uh, we we, re, we re-recorded the EP. Right. Yep. And then we did another, like, three-songy thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, was there something else? I feel like you were in... what A different project. What, right? Big Collapse? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I played was... bass in Big Collapse. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: but that that's something was, I think we, we gotta get into is the kind of idea of creation and expression. Like you've described yourself, you're a music fan, you're an artist. That that time where
2: you're not expressing yourself, what what is that? Just you were focused on different things, or you're like I was focused on different things. I yeah. think at that point I gotten a lot into. I was coaching a lot. Yeah. I was you know, like working with. And it was weird because it's like I approached coaching the same way I approached music. I was like, "There's got to be a better way to do this." Because at a certain point, like it was, you're you're seeing a lot of, like, especially in, and I don't like the term combat sports. You're like combat sports. It just sounds so like very much, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Here's the thing about Post it, man. Dew. It, it's yeah. It is. It's extreme. Yeah, right. um, what we teach, what we teach is skill based play in all actuality it's skill based play mm. a great story that I've reiterated a ton of times had a young kid come into uh, come into our into our dojo and he's you know he wants to train and he trains with his friends in the park and he goes you don't understand man I'm a warrior and I looked at him and it was funny because I was just getting done training this client of mine who's a professional fighter also a professional fireman mm. My next client who's standing right next to him, this gentleman, Jim Nash, mm-hmm. who's done a host of tours in Iraq. Yeah. Mm. And I look at this young, beautiful kid. Yes. And I'm like, so you've run into a flaming building to save lives. <laughs> and he kind of looks at me baffled. And I was like, eh, he has. Yeah. I said, you've jumped out of a gunship over Kandahar with a 50 caliber on your back. And again, that same one. I was like he has. Right. And I looked at least and I said, buddy, I said I fought professionally. Yeah. I'm not a warrior. So you tell some of your friends what, in the park, huh? Yeah. What yeah. <laughs> what we do is hobby sport. Yeah. And I'm not belittling what you do. Right. But Yo, let's keep this fucking real, you're right? Yo, know, I, I, no one is storming the castle. Yeah. you're not. You know, it's like, the, uh, the, 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 like the existence of a
1: society as we know it does not rest on your five rounds is, in the ring. Right, man, man. <laughs> yeah, I straight up love the idea that somebody looked you in the eye and said, "I'm a, I'm a warrior," man. and. I, I wish to have that level of confidence. Seventeen, someday. yeah, seventeen that, is a hell of a drug. Yo, seventeen yeah. is a hell of a drug. I'm yeah. a. Warrior. I am I do not know if I would have had
4: that myself at seventeen. I'd yeah. be able to do that.
1: So I apologize for cutting you off well, earlier. Well, let's get genius. let's get back into what you're doing right now. What made so y- your girlfriend's telling you. You're, you're singing to the dog too much. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah, L- yeah. Dog put- songs, you've got enough dog songs. Well, let's, let's get some of this out. The, let's do- put- the dog is hilarious, actually, because I sit there <laughs> doing my vocal warm ups and he just, he sits, literally sits on the couch barking at me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Musashi, anybody who knows Musashi is a personality, dog. yeah. Um, but uh, so it was weird because I wasn't really doing, I, was, we had done absolutely, we done some shows with absolutions yes, which right. are amazing. Yep, yeah. You know, those were like man. Fun. They're so much fun. Dan Cavan and Andy Guider are great to play with and there's few front men I find as fucking magnetic as Gingy Brown. Yeah. Yo, he is just Yeah. He is a he's you motherfuckers he's just I he's think, like Mingus, man. He's just so cool. Yeah. I
1: think outside of New York that legend doesn't ring as loud as it does here, right. but yeah. people here yeah. Really no. seem to recognize that. Yeah, I, like the OG b boy fucking. But Absolution, outside of New York, you just, it's not a conversation.
3: Oh, you know and it's mean? it's sad because because there's ba- there's some band from Detroit right now whose name Never Ending Game, and I'm a lot of people are catching on to it. And they're like, this is cool. I'm like, yo, it's cool. Have you heard that song? Never that song yeah, will make my brain explode. It's so good.
2: So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah,
3: um,
4: yeah. We were but, hoping they sounded like Absolution. Nah, they don't. Nah, they
2: sound like we, we, we were Outbursts. We were uh, we had done that, and then uh, a good friend of mine, Sasha Jenkins, uh, who he works at Mass Appeal, which is right. Nas's magazine. Right. He called me. He's like, "Hey, yeah, I want why don't you come down. We'll, we'll just shoot the shit." And uh, I went down and talked to him, and he was like, "This burn thing," because I guess cousin Joe had hit him up. Sure, sure. You know, because there's a bunch of people like people been pushing for this for years for the and burn reunion. And years, yeah. yeah. And because
3: uh, there had been when was the last burn show before that? 2002, two, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that was a very different Gavin Van Vlack at that point. That's right, all um, right. Um, can yeah. I tell Mike
4: because we're do my 2002 now. story? Sure, yeah. I oh, told you yeah. the story before, I'm not gonna, it's not a okay. surprise. Yeah, yeah, go. So, we're playing a show in, in the Philly. Rotunda yeah. in Philly, Most Precious Blood, Count Me Out, Time Flies, and Burn. Now, I'm a gigantic burn fan. Vic 108 is playing second guitar. Mm. I'm a fucking complete 108 fucking lunatic too. So we were the weird band that nobody watched, so everyone stood outside. Two of the people that didn't stand outside were Vic Dakara and Mr. Van Vlack. Ah. Mr. Van Vlack decided to heckle me. <laughs> <laughs> this so is a i a different Gavin Van Black Yeah, so I go, yeah. I, I was like, I was gonna like make a like a Die 16 comment, like a song title. Just uh, that, like, okay. hey, just hey, the record. Hey, yeah. yeah. I, I see you. I, see. I want see sixteen. You. The record that Gavin sings on has a song called "Thirst and More." Don't tip. So I was going to say that. True or false? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say this, and I'm like, either just Lee Geraldo. No, mm. oh, interesting. So sorry. That like you kinda keep supr- their kind to himself That one's yeah. kind of surprising. So well, like,
2: you know, the legend behind that, right? he's because Cooper used to work at the knitting factory, and. uh like they used to drink for free all the time yeah. in there, and never,
4: and tip and tip they out. never,
1: they that's never did out. Yeah. So i they never tip. Drink for made free, that joke.
4: life hack. Drink for free, tip well. Yeah, and I was like, I should say this, but this dude will definitely fucking kill me if I say anything because <laughs> I didn't know him yet. So I was like, okay. fuck, I'm not gonna say it. So years and years later, you know, we become friendly and everything, and I was like, now yeah, you heckle me. He goes, "This is a really bad time, man. I'm really sorry."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "It's cool, Like,
4: it's fine. That's like,
2: that's like, I mean, literally, like people who I've. I, I don't remember We've met once before I'm like well let me Apologize in advance <laughs> yes.
3: yep. Yep.
2: Familiar so, so fast forward
3: Sasha hits you up It's like hey yeah. Burns Because like, Joe's Hit you, you up. know,
2: And uh, he he's Like he schedules A meeting between me And Chaka Because we weren't We hadn't talked in ages For a while um, And And uh, so we agreed to do that. We we were like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's you know, and we brought in uh, Manny and, Manny Carrero and Duraja Lang from uh, Glassjaw, uh, and uh, we started doing shows. And then you know, one thing led to another. We ended up doing like you know a bunch of shows. Um,
4: was that like any was that in in the plan at all? What like going past Black and Blue
2: bowl? was it like? I didn't want to do it if it was just. I didn't want to. I didn't that's want to do a reunion. That's. I don't. Yeah, that, like, to it me, it has it's, to be. Yeah, it has to be something that, that works. Right. right. No, that makes um, sense. So that's where we've taken that, and that's mm. where that is now. Um, that being said, now what I'm doing with Canonize, which yeah. I'm still doing, burn. You know, and I don't have it. You know, like they was like, "Oh, are you leaving Burn." I'm like, ah, "I made that mistake already. Yeah, like, I left Burn to do Die one, one Sixteen. I could have easily done both of those bands." Right, at the same and
3: that's point something that right, right now we're finally figuring this out with people. Is like, oh, you can do more than one creative endeavor at a time, and it right. just means, oh, I'm just gonna
2: press pause on this for a minute and do this. Yeah,
3: and, and they we, go back. Oh, and yeah. Oh, we well, got some shows. Okay, cool. fun yeah. well, You know, it's
2: fun. Yeah, and uh, so um, yeah, the canonized thing that I'm doing is basically. It's taken a long time for me to get, like, to get the confidence. Honestly, to be like, okay, I want to front this, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm bringing in two other guitarists. myself, I'm playing guitar also, nice. bass player, drummer. Hey. Hey. Hello. Come on in. Um, you know, and uh. Your room. <laughs> but right, you know, right now I'm in the songwriting process, so I've been really lucky to like, the like bring in like. All these awesome musicians. Again, I brought in Manny Carrero, mm-hmm. um, like Tucker Rule from Thursday, Abbas Muhammad, who's played with Burn. Oh yeah. Um, Chris Enriquez plays with uh, Spotlights and Primitive oh, wow. Weapons.
0: Yeah, um,
2: a- uh, Taylor Macklin, who played with Orange Nine Millimeter, I'm talking with him about playing on some tracks. Uh, Chris Vital, who was with Orange Eye just people who I know who are musicians who I've, I, I really dig um, I'm talking with like this woman Stacia Heinzman, who's a monster bass player uh, I've shot it like shot it back and forth like uh, Billy Reimer from uh, Dillinger about playing yeah. on, a, on a cut yeah. um, you know and I'm just trying to do a record that I'm, I want to have fun doing and it's like a lot of it too is like um like Rob Robbie Vitale right. mm-hmm. is has uh, been helping me a lot like vocally like yeah. cause he's anybody who doesn't know Robbie he's probably one of the best vocalists he's a, just a stellar voice he's a trained yeah. tenor for, yeah. you know tenor in opera as a child and grew up in the hardcore scene right. um uh, Honey Child Coleman from 1865 is gonna be doing some, lending some voice on it um just I want to do a record with a bunch a bunch of people and one of the people that's been really really important in this is Travis, uh, Travis Bacon he's been engineering and, help, and like basically helping produce it and uh, he's just amazing to work with he's just fun he's a fucking great sense of humor really open to like ideas um, we understand each other's process which is why I like I have a very exacting process where I, like I don't I'm not like the kind of guys who, yeah I'm just gonna go into the booth and spit fire right I don't, I it? believe that selling yourself short mm-hmm. because I like to, I mean, I'm a big fan of good lyrical content, you know, and I'm not, you know, it's like, right. that, it, mean, it means yeah. a lot to me to have lyrics that me, actually mean something. And as sure.
3: a dude who spent yeah. a lot of time with a guitar in your hand with other people and yeah. lyrics, how much does that mean to you as somebody who likes music, the lyrics that are coming through?
2: Super important. Super important. Super important. Right. I mean, you
3: wrote a lot of the burn lyrics, correct?
2: I've written a decent amount of the burn lyrics. Right. Yeah. yeah. Morality um, was you. Numerality out of time, uh, unfuck yourself. Right. Which all of a sudden that term's flying up all over the place. Right. Um, there's a there's, there's a book now called "Unfuck Yourself." Right. Yeah. Yeah. You
3: watch the shirts; they're in trouble soon. That's too good. What's this? Watch out for shirts with that because that's a good saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good term. Um,
2: but uh, yeah, and it, it's uh, you know, it's, there's, you can tell the different the definite difference between like my lyrics and Chaka's lyrics. Right. We, mm-hmm. we yeah. write we have a different different we have a total different uh like working style. order right. um you know the die 116 stuff you can tell like my That's style your, of lyrics yeah. you know I, i'm just a little grittier about stuff mm. right um and uh but it's it's been really interesting because i'm like really like you know I, I go down to my hq my rehearsal space and i have my workstation set up and i go in there with my computer. And, I have a, a you know a mic that's set up to my interface, and I will just sit there, just tracking vocals and getting used mm. to my voice. And I'm starting to hear stuff I'm like, "Oh, okay, this this is really cool," and I'm really excited about some of it. You know, it's like right. I'm really excited, honestly, about all of it. I'm trying like to that. get ten songs together, and I had some people who were like, "You should." Do, someone was like, "You know, you should do like a crowdsourcing thing to get the money up," because the more and more I'm looking at it, I, I, I've. I would like to get with a strong label, but the thing is, I don't know if I have the resume to sell what I, I mean, I'm really kind of just selling it like, Hey, this is my thing. Yeah. And I'm I want to put a band together around it. I want to find some people who want to make something work. Right. You know, that are willing to come in and like, okay, here's the format. This is what we're going to do. Um, and you know put it on a stage and put it on the road and do it legitimately but I also have a vision of how the record should be laid out so I kind of and I can kind of do that so I don't want to take up other people's time with that yeah well right
4: and have that friction of like how you want it to be released how they want it to be released and kind of you know
1: yeah but if it's a value sometimes you can put it out in the world people will see it's a value and that's all you need you know what I'm saying like I know you know this but like I, I just I think there's people Who listen Who maybe don't understand that you Well know? sure Because I,
3: I think there's a value To going and performing it And doing it And having fun with it But if it's Just music on it's own merit
2: it can yeah. mean so fucking Well luck. the thing The thing is now that we, we have to look at What the record industry Has become And it's mm. changed Massively Yeah You know um, So it's like uh, You know You need to The business end of it Which you have to be Really really Smart about you know, bands sell, we sell, if we sell vinyl, we sell it on the road. Mm-hmm. Band, you know, labels don't sell a lot of vinyl anymore. No, we were just saying that. Um, yeah. So, if I do this this record on my own, I'm probably going to go in pressing like three to five hundred yep. and looking to be able to sell a decent amount of those via email. Yep. You know, via, via mail. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, that's the thing too is that I want to be able to put good like... I love what what Jacob did with the burn record mm-hmm. because we talked about the artwork on it, and there's a certain aesthetic that I really like, like the James, the uh, JG Thurwell mm-hmm. kind of art, and like the stuff that was on the Cop shit Cop records, like right. there, there. That's what that's the stuff that really speaks to me, and he he nailed it. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you know the artists that I'm talking I'm talking with like Orlando, Orlando R C and like people like that about the art and I, the art is really important too yeah you know because you want to sell a whole pack pack yeah, we
3: talk about it all the time there's records that we're like yeah yo I didn't I looked at the cover and I don't like it we talk about how the art impacts you to check something out or not and it's a part of the whole thing you know this is part of your expression so yeah
2: so um, which is a lot because you know i going from being, I'm sorry, don't, don't mean to yawn. It's um, very late right now, so we're, we're you're getting yeah. a couple of minutes. You know, as I'm going from being the guitarist to being like looking at it and being like, okay, I'm like, now I'm like the fucking marketing director and like <laughs> all of this stuff. And, you know, it's, and you look at the, the, the pieces that go into like having a publicist and having, you know, and uh, I know there's a lot of there's there's some awesome, awesome you know, nineteen year old kid who's listening and going like, I don't need a fucking publicist. No, you don't. But it's good to have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's I will have, yeah. you know, it's good to have a publicist. It's good to. Have, I mean, thankfully, I have a lot of really cool connections, like with like Revolver Magazine, Kerrang, yeah. Brooklyn Vegan, stuff like that. And I mean, that's stuff that I've started to try to access as well too for some of our athletes, like. Um, this one athlete, uh, Sarah Carswell, I was talking right. about. We, I'm you know, like, we're working on a little project of trying to. I'm trying to get her on podcast. I'm trying to get her right. on mm-hmm. different things because she's she's a vegan athlete. She's a gay right. vegan athlete. Amazing, you know, right. in combat sports, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And uh, I really, you know, I think she's got got a great message. I think she's a fucking. I think she's an amazing person, and I think she's someone that like, you know, it's the same thing as like, you know, someone heard that fucking. That bad brain's work is set and it stopped them from eating a bullet. Yep. Someone could hear a podcast from a woman like her and be like, hold it. Yeah, that I want to do that. I can do this, right? I can right. do that. Yeah. And what we need is we need more more people like that. Like, that, that, I mean, that's what I, one of the reasons I'm putting out the I want to do this canonized record because yeah. I want people to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I want to do something like that. Not right. exactly like that, but I want to do that. I, you know, right. and it, it's scary. It's fucking scary because you, you constantly, I mean, I'm listening to stuff going, like, wow. That sounds fucking amazing! And what if you're the only person on the planet that thinks that sounds amazing, Gavin? Because that's okay. Yeah, that's the, story the radio. My life
1: right now. Well, yeah, that's right, the, right.
2: that's the radio broadcast from Van Vlakistan.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, that's the like, like WK Fuck, the radio station that's like located right between my ears. It's sponsored yeah. by tequila ads and cocaine.
3: Because you're going, you're going. Yeah. This is
1: good. Yeah, yeah, Maybe you're the only person I, who thinks I, so. Yeah, you're you, I've yeah. said this on this podcast probably eleven times. There's a uh, uh, Angels of Light. You a fan at it all? It's that it's that Jira stuff. After Swans, yeah. So uh, whenever I think uh, there's mm-hmm. three songs f- that are like, I don't cry. They make me wanna, you know yeah. what I mean? They're just so impactful. So fucking, they, they, it just draws it out of you. They're special fucking songs. He was working construction the whole time because nobody gave a fuck. Right. That, that's, that keeps me up at night. You want to talk about like from Van Vlakistan when you're, when you're sitting there going, damn, does anybody on, else on earth give a fuck about this? I have will come to the anyone. conclusion, no, but I, but it keeps me up at night. I have the same fucking crisis of conscience where I'm like, damn, the thing that I think might be the prettiest thing I ever heard was also so fucking underrated that in its time. That was, was breaking bricks. <laughs> that he, that he was a forty plus year old fucking breaking bricks. You know what I mean? Fuck. Yo, I remember,
2: and Jenny will, will speak to this when Mike Jira lived up the block from us. Okay, there's a there's there's a hookah bar called Horus which used to be a Pakistani deli back in the 80s. And he lived in a little room that was basically like the size of this Mm. in the back of that, which had its own access door. And uh, he lived there, and I remember Hank Rollins used to stay there with him. Oh, shit. Yeah, Cranky Hank. Um, (laughs) Yeah. and uh, you know it was funny and I only call him that because like I'm one of those guys that, like even at my most asinine if I see someone on a, on a, on a daily basis I'm going to say hello yeah right. and if I say hello to you more than three times and get nothing back then You're I'm going to yeah. give you a nickname yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, God, Cranky Hank. say no more yeah. once twice three Cranky times the lady yeah me and Cooper would call him Cranky, Cranky Hank, Hank. Yeah. Uh, yeah I saw Cranky Hank he's just walking around all you know surly and furrowed and but I mean isn't that the
3: fear of, of any that you're putting out there in the world. No matter that, what no, it is. is. this good? But I mean, that's part of it. You said this. Uh, uh, growth and comfort. Not yeah. the same yeah. thing. And you that's the thing you've got to put. You
2: have to walk through fear. And every mm-hmm. all, all, all of your dreams, all of your dreams lay outside of your fucking comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Comfort is familiar and easy. Yep. You know? And everything you want, everything you want Lays outside where you've been. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm not. And I'm not saying this like, oh, well, I'm. You know, there's that centered person, who's like, well, I'm perfectly happy with what I have, and then that's fine. I'm not. I'm. i That's more, not me. Yeah. No. I'm more right. ambitious. Right. Yeah. Isn't that only, a weird? Could I you imagine a, the feeling of satisfaction I have sa- a limited sated? amount of time on this fucking mm. rock, and in that time, I want to do something. And I've had, like, I'll tell you, man, one of the fucking raddish things that happens is getting stopped on the street and someone being like, your music is really important to me. That's fucking, that's big.
0: Yeah.
2: That's really fucking big. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I never thought I'd hear that. You know? I never thought I'd fucking hear that, you know? Because it's like, you know, know, who the fuck am I? Right. You know? Some half-breed kid from a swamp. Right? You (laughs) know?
4: Um... Do you find this to be more kind of nerve wracking because it's like completely your baby and it's your voice on it? Is that scary? than like, coming back with a burnt, like the first burn LP that ever existed, is this even more kind of like, fuck, like this is really going on on a limb?
2: Oh, yeah, it is. It, it, there's a lot to it that makes it like it's, it's scary because you just, you know, it's like you're fucking naked. Yeah. You're like- naked. You're this is you. you're, your you're stripped yeah. the fuck down, right? You know you're
4: vulnerable as fuck, right? You can hide behind a Les Paul, but when your yeah. voice is out there, it's different. Yeah,
2: yeah, and uh, it's, um, I mean, but uh, all the way across the board because the whole right. the art will be my idea. Everything will be, and you know, and again, it's like again, you know, I'm trying to please everybody, and I'm foolish for that. Right, You got mm-hmm. to I'm not gonna please everybody. No. There's always going to be someone who's going to be like, oh, it's not as good as this or none right. of his stuff is any good or, you know. Right. There's there someone who I pissed off out there that, you know. It's like, oh. <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> you where know. my brain goes. I always go, what did I do to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <did> record <laughs>
2: anyway. Then. What happened? Yeah, well, I must have been drunk. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, you know, but my, my process, I have, you know, I don't know how other people go about things. I can't. Like I said, I can't, and I don't like waiting to the last moment. I like having things mm, laid right. out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I I spent on the Do or Die record, and Jenny will tell you I spent. I woke up every morning at six o'clock. By six thirty, was sitting at a table writing material. Right, like it was um, your job. Like
4: it was, yeah, it was four, your
2: job yeah. for four fucking months, sending Jesus. sending sending stuff to. Kurt being like, "What do you think of this? Because yeah. this is right. good. This is this is where we can like, can you do this? Can you do it?" He goes, or, or he'd be like, "Yeah, this is a good song, but it's not a burn song." Yeah, you right. You know, right. and a, a lot of that stuff is coming up on the canonized. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. are you right. starting? You're right. starting to feel
3: like you know what canonized is. Oh yeah, yeah oh, you're feeling yeah.
2: that. And that's, I mean, the thing canonized is not going. I mean, it's not going to be. I, I, it's punk rock in the way that killing joke is punk rock in the way uh-huh. you know uh-huh. sure. and anybody who wants to argue oh killing
1: Joke's not punk rock yeah.
2: well that's my fucking punk rock okay <laughs>
1: fuck you <laughs> you know um, September 12th play in the city you gonna go He's trying is to set up a date? Irvin? <laughs> uh It might be Irving. I think it is Irving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's one of the two things I, I'm excited about on my little. I have my little. Have a, I'm excited I'm about I'm excited that. about with you. It, it's uh, uh, a solo uh, Jira thing and then uh, Killing Joe. Where's, where's Jira doing the solo thing? I don't know. I think it's going to be a smaller room because it's not Swans. But yeah, so I, is that I, Warsaw? I, probably not. But didn't you know.
2: Swans do their last
1: with that lineup or something yeah it's the last it's the last with that lineup which means he'll go to the well for solo shit and then come back hopefully doing quiet shit which is what I want from him at this stage in his career but uh, I'm excited to see him in whatever fucking context you know what I mean and uh, the last Killing Joke show I saw which I think was at Irving was the best live show I'd seen in you years. You raved about I it at the time. F- I had the, the best The last time I saw them was on the Extremities time.
2: Tour at the 930 Club.
1: No shit. Ah, fucking
2: amazing.
1: Yo, when you, taking into consideration these men's age, Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> so this is something <laughs> like, we, we... is one of my main
2: influences on guitar.
1: Though. Yo, that's sick. That's yeah, sick. We talked about
2: yeah,
3: this... I for them for like... And, and we got an email about this. That's awesome. About... As we're starting to go in and there's more, more people of age, getting a little older, who are into alternative or aggressive music, that you said this. you like, you would put yourself up against any 20-year-old out there doing it, and you feel aggressive, and you feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had a friend who's about the same age, about 40, who's like, yeah, I feel like a 23-year-old should be blowing me off the stage, but he's not. And I think that's
2: an interesting thing. Well, to there's think a, about, there's a lot. There's a lot of that, and it's funny because now there's a band. Of course, already Shepherd is in called Agist. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of like we like. I remember some kid coming up to me and thinking, "This is hardcore." Is like, yeah, burn, man, like dad mosh. And I looked at him. I was like, Yo, I will bend you over and fuck <laughs> you. <man." laughs> Like your dad did, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like what that is kind wrong of, with it's people like, well the here's the thing, and this is this is going back to that situation that happened that someone basically accessed those tools in mind, yes, okay, where they push think, the button on your neck yeah, they, they think they they think that like, oh well, he's grown up, he's gone beyond that, or oh, he's soft in the tooth, mm mm. I'll tell you, man, there's one thing, and I'll say this once you hit a point at like 35, you realize, especially as an adult male, the one thing that you, one of your biggest fears is quite honestly, at least with my background, is walking to a room and not being taken as formidable from other men.
0: Mm. You
2: know, nobody wants to feel like they've had their teeth cut. Mm. And I am still you know I'm 50 years old I'm still a practicing martial artist mm-hmm. you know and you know but I one of my best training buddies Craig Satari you know yep. and Craig Craig for an, not even for an older gentleman your homie throws bombs <laughs> yo he can drop fucking punches and his timing is so friggin precise his feet work you
4: know, his footwork work uh, it's so
1: great I I, I just want to say for the people at home that uh, I, I, I'm I'm looking at Gavin not a man I would test You no, know Why I mean? would you ever say oh,
2: This is the guy I, I I'm gonna say don't, something yeah, stupid Well the and thing don't get is people think That like, you know, like Oh well He's You know He's old it's Age ain't nothing But a fucking number Well mm.
1: I, I just also think Like it, look, There's somebody That'll test anybody I'm my, not my, 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 I'm
2: not built Like a typical Man of my age No and, You know
1: I mm. You know I don't want to be staring at you like it's not, <laughs> it's a lot I'm like I'm like si- I'm sizing well, si- I'm si- I'm si- you up right last now. And I'm just gonna say Japan, that it's not in Japan, worth it.
2: Last night in Japan, there was an MMA fight, huge MMA fight, and one of the biggest winners was fifty-one-year-old gentleman by the mm. name of Hanzo Gracie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, sure. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're talking a lifelong martial artist. Mm. I mean, and he's carrying the legacy of his father Helio. Who was competing up to you know not competing but still was doing jujitsu until he was like seventy it was yeah like, until
4: he was like till he yeah. died oh, until oh, he yeah, died yeah
2: you know and that's the thing that's like what a martial artist does mm. you know and that's the thing like age is little but a number mm. you know you look at John Joseph. John Joseph, who's still competing actively in Iron Man Yeah, yeah. You know Jason Surface from Crackdown. Another one. He's another Iron. He's another. I don't know. A that. lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Wow. That would, he doesn't promote it as much as like you know because he's he's also a forest ranger.
1: Okay, oh, that's yeah. Yeah,
2: he's, he's a game warden.
1: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah that's the Iron
2: cool. the Iron Warden. That's, <laughs> R- that's, that's a good yes. band name right there. The iron, iron Warden. Warden. Yeah. Oh my god. Um,
4: he's cracking down on people. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh,
2: that's, yeah, yeah. that's my that.
3: that's my Iron Butterfly, trilogy. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> iron Warden.
2: Yeah, I mean and that's that, that that's something that like, you know, and I'm not I don't walk around like I'm like oh, I'm a badass. It's that and the other thing. But I mean some and it's an old it's an old quote like one, one of the uh one of the, one of the biggest solutions for bad people is good men who are schooled in violence. Mm. You know, mm. and uh, you know that's that's what it is. It's like you know using your force for good as opposed to evil. Um, but I don't. You know, it's like I said. It's one of those things that people get a little bit like, oh, well, he won't do. That. Never, ever, ever, ever thing <laughs> you can push someone as far as you want.
1: Right. No, you sure. I, I say this as a 130-pound man. I, I say all the th- <laughs> I say all the time that like, I, I there's a certain amount of shit I have to eat. But then when you get past that, it's like, all right, I guess we're you know. Yeah, guy, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah okay, tough guy. You know, yeah. what I mean, yeah. but and I say this as a tiny man. But it's just eventually, I think I agree no, with you. I'm much more Aven- scared of a bullet than a bulldozer. Okay, very yeah, good. That's <laughs>
2: true. You know, I have worked with, I mean, I've anybody who's familiar with training in Thailand. You know yeah. oh. I've trained I've trained I've trained with some 130 pound Older fighters And these are guys Guys that fought at 115 Who are like You know 130 is a fat Thai fighter When I When right. I I went, to, like, I went yeah. to
1: a fight in Thailand Where Children That looked yeah. to be 100 pounds Could easily kill me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah I mean I'm working, working with these guys Who are like And these are
2: guys oh, who man. Who basically You know like say At 26 years old Have Three hundred pro fights. Yeah, that's you know? Crazy. And they're right. fast as lightning. You know, I've worked with I've worked with guys in Europe, tiny, skinny guys who are just lightning. Size size is not it. You know, physical bulk is not a correlation to strength and mm-hmm. power.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, so well, physics.
1: I, I, I don't want to keep you all night, but I do. Just uh, I'm curious about a thing. Uh, so you you have this complete martial arts trainer mindset. Like, you are the thing that you advertise yourself to be just in the way that you talk. There's, like, no mistake in it, right? But I'm curious in your personal journey, when did you become that? And were you, prior to that, were you ever the other thing? Were you ever, when you were just... Like, let's say not training Let's say not skilled Were but, you the
3: headstrong I'm a warrior
1: Were you Yeah. Were you ever just beating people up for the sake of it Were you ever a bully Were you ever a dickhead Were you ever a, a, a person that you wouldn't want to know Were you ever the opposite of what you are today And you say that you, you, you've transformed as a person You don't recognize that old guy Yeah
2: I mean but, I used to I was never I wouldn't say This is interesting because I was called a bully by people, like, because I would roll up on, like, five, or, like, there was one situation, I remember, because I was a skater, and there was this kid I knew who was getting, he, on St. Mark's, he was getting, get, got rolled up on by, like, eight skinheads.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One of him, eight of them, one more of me couldn't hurt anymore, so I basically, you know, and anybody who knows me from back in the day, one of my favorite weapons was a Santa Cruz longboard,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and... uh I ended up getting I would get into fights like that and I would roll up on it because at that point we had a thing with. there was like a lot of quote unquote Nazi skinheads Mm. not a lot white pride whatever the fuck that shit is I had no fucking time for it Um, but I I would get into shit and uh, I would get into a lot of fights and there were certain people I'm not gonna pull names no that would be like, well, oh, Gavin's a bully because I was beating up their racist friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need more of those bullies. Yeah. And That's these the are people it. within the hardcore scene who would be like, "Oh yeah, fuck racism," this that, but would fence fucking walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and. Yeah, yeah, but but he's all
3: right though, you know.
2: He's yeah, he's good. Of, but yeah. yeah, he's you know like well, screwdriver's really good. It's just the lyrics. Listen, man, I don't care if you've got a huge bowl of awesome soup and someone no. dips a piece of cat shit in there. I'm not eating the soup. It's cat shit. That's
1: Tom's position. I yeah. might try no, the Tom's soup. No, Tom's I might position try the is soup.
3: that's no good. And I'm like, yo, it's awesome, but you can't. I'm not eating it.
1: Right? Because I'm the one that's going on record on this podcast, possibly barring me from countries where i just said yo that first screwdriver record good i don't give a fuck well,
2: the first screwdriver record is a punk record yeah it oh, is yeah, it yeah. is and
1: it has no real racist underpinnings yeah. but there are racist records that i actually like so i so i am on the i yeah, see, i don't yeah. I, I can't
3: no yo i and i can say this and i said this like the music is thing but i can't separate the lyrics i can't i can't take uh, the catch it out it draws, i can't soup yeah. spoon it out go stuff, stuff it, it draws good me though.
2: away from shit like david allen coe who i love but he's a fucking He's a fucking racist, you know. Right. I don't. I, I
1: know, I when know, when you play the role of racist for so many years, it's mm. hard to say that hard you're man. not. But I don't. I don't know. Point point is, I just couldn't sit here and be like, "No, oh, I'm gonna, I, I, I haven't said the screwdriver." No, we we talk so, about it. I'm good. I'm good with that. But no, that that's
2: also like. But here's the thing: like, at that point, was I kind of looking for it? Yeah, yeah, that was. i totally yeah. looking for it and there was an access there there was an access oh there's you had something to focus yeah, that there's, on there, and go, there's, there, there is a plethora of flight jackets and boots to be taken
1: right It's. It, I've
3: got my weapon of choice yeah. and I would like to hit something yeah. oh there's those assholes
1: yeah. good target it's Wolfenstein because yes. it's
2: always okay to <laughs> fucking hurt a yeah, Nazi yeah Wolfenstein you, know I mean? you like, can shoot yeah. the Nazis all uh, yeah I mean that's one of the things is like you know and it's like there's things that you take a stand on. Like one of the most peaceful people I know, Sergio Vega. I saw him beat the shit out of a fucking Nazi skinhead. Mm. Sergio, anybody knows Sergio? It's like getting beaten up by Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: You know what? though? I bet yeah, this
2: again. Is that a good story? I'd be willing missing. to. Be- Who's Jimi Hendrix? Beat the fuck. I bet James he had heavy hands. Wow, Apparently, yeah. yeah. in that thing with uh, with with Dre two thousand, he beat the fuck out of his girlfriend, but nah. uh, with a telephone. I Jesus, that. that's rough. I but, uh, but I mean, and that's the thing is like, but we're mm. talking Sergio Vega when we were like 19 years old. And Sergio, Sergio's Zulu Nation kid from the Bronx, mm. you know? Um, and, you know, he's like one of the most lovely human beings I know. But you can only push a person so fucking far. Straw dog style. You know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like,
4: I and mean. And he grew up in like the Lori's. Like, he's not a fucking pushover. He's a nice dude, but like.
2: Yeah. He grew up pretty well, fucking grew, tough. He grew up in the Bronx. He grew yeah. up in Woodlock. Him oh, and Sergio shit. grew up in the same neighborhood. He's original Zulu T A T. Oh shit. Yeah, oh, like legit. Oh, legit. Yeah. Right. Yeah, his cousin like he's I think his cousin is like Bio. And Bio and Nicer are his cousins. Oh shit. Yeah, like oh, okay. legit writers. Right. And uh yeah, but it's um But yeah, there were people who are like, oh Gavin's violent, Gavin's the, you know, the fault for all... The, uh, uh, I, always heard,
1: I always heard wild, man. That, that, that's been your rep for a long time, is that just you were a wild person. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, was, at uh, that
2: time,
3: in the 80s, I was, yeah. I was feral. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And yeah. so when, you know,
3: like, he kind of asked that, but there was a time where you were what you are now, which is a very control, process-driven, you see the physicality of what you do as a focus, yeah. and at that time it
2: was not. Well, no, when does no. that shift? I think mean, um... Well, a lot of that for me was after I started training Muay Thai after I was like 21 years old. You just kind of like street fighting, stupid.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> what brought you to Muay Thai? Um, AJ James. We all studied like there was like a bunch of us. We always go into like local dojos because like local martial arts instructors kind of endeared to us. They were nice to us, like Ron Taganashi and guys like that. Were like you know trying to get these kids off the street and try to give them a positive direction. And, uh, Trying we, to convince you Street fighting is stupid Stupid Exactly <laughs> And a friend of mine AJ James Who uh, I will call him He's kind of the godfather Of Muay Thai New York In my opinion Because mm-hmm. he was Patient zero He was the first one Who introduced Any of us to it Because um, so, I mean this is what
4: Late 80s Early 90s right Yeah, yeah. yeah. This did yeah. not exist well,
2: there AJ, was not- AJ was AJ was a kid from New York right. Who basically He worked as a as, as a bike messenger And he was just This uber athlete Right Super adaptive athlete Right and uh, he was an amazing dancer. He started working, I think, for Eric B. and Rakim as a background dancer. Oh, and shit. And then from that, he also had just jaw-droppingly good looks. Just mm. a very good-looking kid. Right. right. He was yeah. a singer for that band, Enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, burn, funky style. That oh, band's great. Oh, yeah. All right. There you go. That's and, cool. Uh, and uh, he parlayed the dancing gig into a modeling gig in which we went as hardcore kids all of a sudden we're walking by the gap and AJ's like 12 feet tall like, you, know, like, you know staring at you from Broadway it, yeah, yeah. yeah and amazing it's like, you know, and then he parlayed that into he was going to Europe and he's he stayed in France for like I think it was like 8 months modeling <sighs>
3: that wow. model life is nice man and uh, while sure, he was over there, there he started it training down. at
2: uh, Dakar's Muay Thai where Pupanoy, who was like a legendary yeah, yeah. trainer uh, was training he came back and he was like yo dude I gotta Take show you shit. this yeah. And that was from there, it was on because I mean, it wasn't big in New York at the well, time. No, like no, BJJ it, well, no, no, because a lot of people like they, they like, there's, there's, there's a person that they that everybody goes to, and so they say, so He was the first Muay Thai trainer before him, there was no Muay Thai, which isn't true. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to glorify it and I don't want to slander it, sure. But and Aziz Nabib. Who owns Citan was really the first Muay Thai instructor, but right. he came over and he started selling it as, as Taekwondo because Muay Thai wasn't really marketable. Right, and everyone in high school, every, everyone did taekwondo. taekwondo. Right. Yeah, and it just Az-
3: sounded cool. honestly. Yeah, and
2: Aziz Aziz is just like he's such an amazing. He's an amazing coach. He's one of those right. people that when I can get around, it, I always like to like get a little bit of knowledge from him because he's got such a great, a real pedigree from Holland and like Shit. you know. Yeah. yeah he's he's an Egyptian Berber. And you right. know, am, amazing athlete. He still play. He still plays Muay Thai. Still, still trains. Does pad work. To say you know. Right. And his 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 fighters are just so good. Yeah. So good. Just a great, beautiful style. Um right. But that's how that whole thing started. When I started doing that, it was just kind of like, you know, it just didn't seem to make any sense So I've so I, I mentioned I have a small
3: child, four years old, and he was going to one school. Selling him. Uh, no, he's not for sale right now, but uh, we, we'll talk after the podcast off the air. Um, but he he had—he was in a school and they were like, oh, he's, and now I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Nobody else has ever said this. They don't see it. And we take him to a different school and they're like, oh, yeah, we make sure they do this, that, and the other. And they're like, if it's nice or cold, we make sure they get outside. And, you know, there's limits to that, but we want them to get outside because, you know, their gross motor skills, getting out, running around, need to have them. enable their fine motor skills. Which, you know, like, oh, he's learning to read and write and write numbers. And it was funny because, duh, right? Like, obviously. But you see it so much enhanced. And I think about that with a lot of people. And I think about this duality of physicality versus creation and art and expression.
2: People think they're two different things. They're not. They're they're connected.
3: And if you're, you know, you think about this you run around when you were the other when you before you found this kind of focus to it yeah you were still doing things but it was just all energy everywhere all the time cuz
1: it was it didn't know where to go yeah, yeah. My, my mother works in education theory and it's basically they it's just all the research points to the fact that some people just have to move yeah you know, like some people just have to physically move to learn and I think a lot of worry about that
2: because we have pills for everything
1: right yeah, exactly with <laughs> yeah.
4: cool. Muay Thai it's all creativity right Right. And like thinking
2: three moves ahead and kind well, of martial right, like- arts is problem solving right right and that's the thing and like yeah. the brain is a problem solving organism and if you right. don't give the brain that's enough right. things enough stimulus right. what happens is it starts coming up with these fucking Defcon one <laughs> scenarios in your fucking head and it's like I tell people all the time is like if you don't give your brain free time to like to to daydream and do things and like mm-hmm. create like, yes. your brain will get angry and your brain will bully up on your heart and your heart is a child yeah you know and you leave your brain your brain will fucking go yeah just brain, go brain, real a brain a can go really yeah. right and that's where you get this depression where you're just kind of like I'm, I'm, I'm nothing I don't yeah. right. matter you know
3: Right, right. No, and and you know, you said that you made the comment about pills for everything. Wouldn't it be better if we were actually having these conversations, like this public space like everybody should think about that for thirty seconds and go, Oh yeah, you know, when I'm restless and have all this energy, it's hard for me to focus. Enhance that by child, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's I it's I can't explain it any more simply than seeing it in the simplicity of a smaller human goes. Oh, yeah, I can focus more if I'm not, like, once I get some physical stuff done, I'm doing things, I'm getting moving, then I can sit down and do the shit I need well, to sit we're down a, for.
1: We're at a stage where if, if you tell a depressed person, look, you've got to work on your body, it's considered insulting because That's right. pe- people say... Hey, look, I, I have clinical depression. I don't want to hear that bullshit. And I, look, I'm sympathetic because you know same.
3: Ma- you don't
2: want to put anybody in a place, right? I, like I don't well, want. To the con- thing is, it gets into the whole thing. Like, oh, your body shaming. It's not a matter of body shaming. No, it's a matter of getting the neurological output.
1: Right, but that's that's what I was that's what I was driving yeah. at. Is is uh, while people okay, you don't want to hear that shit. I understand that. Yes. But you know, straight up, uh, the people that I know who suffer any sort of major depression it doesn't cure you to fucking be working out but I'll tell you it does not fucking hurt it only no, helps you no, and, and, and like I think that people have all or nothing solutions to things yeah. like hey I don't want to hear that I need more sleep I don't want to hear that I need to work out because th- that's not going to get me over this hill it's like yo know, it might not but if it gets you fucking 10 steps up that fucking hill then, yeah, th- th- the the right th- that's yeah. the problem with is that people we've, we've become such a disposable
2: and instamatic fucking Society where oh I, I need oh well, I feel down I need some endorphins what's going on in, mm-hmm. on Instagram sure. you know we oh. these quick fix things where it's like oh we want all I want all the answers now I want to like here's one of my favorite I, I, a, a really good friend of mine who I go to who's an acupuncturist mm. um, we we're talking about like you know herbal medicine and like right now I guess like this whole uh, the the uh, The Kamba, which is this this frog medicine, Mm -hmm. Ah. poisonous frog medicine, and then also the ayahuasca. Right, that one. Which everyone is like, oh, I'm going to go to Peru, and I'm going to go do ayahuasca, and da-da-da. And here's the thing about it that you don't understand. Ayahuasca is not going to give you your answers. Ayahuasca is going to highlight your problems in big glowing letters on the wall then you need yeah, to go to fix then you then them. you go home then you <laughs> go drugs, home drugs and alcohol are a low level spiritual search yeah i didn't have ayahuasca i used cocaine yeah. okay so that's all that was to me was some kind of like trying to find something to shut down the dialogue within right. my head yeah mm. you know and everybody's like oh but
1: if i go there then Instantly, I'll have all the answers. No, no the epiphany is, like, you know, like, you could speak to this better than I could, but everybody I ever know who got sober, yeah. the first thing they always say is, damn, I had no idea how big my problems were. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you're seeing them clearly for the first time. But maybe same thing with, you know, you go to ayahuasca expecting an epiphany. Here's the epiphany. You got to put work in when you get home. You know what yeah. I mean? Here's the epiphany. Yeah, but that's you're the right. thing. People like,
2: oh, I've, 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 I mean, people bragging
1: me, like, oh, I've done ayahuasca like eight times. I'm like, yeah.
2: well, congratulations. So you're a junkie to throwing up and pooping. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. that just doesn't sound like my bag of tricks yeah, you know. i had a
1: cab driver that ex- was explaining it to me he's like yeah we we uh we're in a like a like a mound yeah. you know what i mean like that yeah. like a like a little cave sort of thing and uh there's uh 20 of us in the room and they give us a, two buckets one for vomit and one for shit mm, and, and, mm. and and uh Sold. Buy my
3: tickets. (laughs)
1: That's exactly what I said to him. I said, you're not doing a great job of selling this one. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, anyway, all right, let's not – we want to call it. We want to say – we want to give the gentleman an opportunity to pump the things that are important to him. Yeah,
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's starting to get long. I
1: got a a a
3: a two-and-a-half-hour drive home.
1: Oh, shit. Where you live at? At the shore.
3: Oh, wow. It's more like an hour and a half.
1: It's nice. Beautiful, yeah.
3: Got the ocean. Thank you.
1: So tell me – Tell the people at home rather uh, about your gym.
2: Uh, Physical Culture Collective. We're at 857 Broadway Broadway on the second floor, um, right upstairs from Brooklyn Made Motorcycles, Um, Brooklyn Made Power
1: Sports. But wait, 857 Broadway In 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 Brooklyn. So Bushwick, off the J, and I lived at 805 for years. We talked about yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you it, did. Yeah, you did. did. It's like up the block from Woodhall. It changed a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. <laughs>
2: go on. Woodhall, the Death Star of the medical industry. <laughs> um, if you're trying to but, die, good yeah, luck. Yeah, exactly. But if you're trying to live, <laughs> yeah. ask for Bellevue. Yeah. yeah. You see people crawling out of ambulances. <laughs> and they're going out, going to, to Woodhall. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take my chances <laughs> elsewhere. Chance on the street. Um, but yeah, we um, basically what we run is like I said, it's we we teach Muay Thai, we teach jiu-jitsu. We have an amazing what I like to call an athletic development program with our strength and conditioning. Mm. Strength or conditioning and all actually is what they should be. Um but we're kind we're kind of a gym for people who don't feel comfortable in normal gyms. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of our members like it's just like I mean, I, and then i get on my on my on my Please, like, so my wise. soapbox here go for it. about like gyms is like yeah like oh great you buy your membership go oh, good go get on that elliptical watch that TV set. Here's the thing, okay, that's exercise. I guess we kind of need exercise, but exercise is fucking unnatural. Mm-hmm. Who here owns a dog? I had one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All former dog owners. Okay. They current, yeah. These cats they, they, they out die, here. These cats almost, don't yeah. exercise. These cats in the hallway, they'd rather play. Right. We as humans would rather play mm-hmm. and what martial arts is really is it's skill based play Yeah, that can be used for self-defense or for sport. Okay. Now we need exercise because we get clients, we have people in all the time that like they've forgotten how to move. Yeah. Mm. You know? So we get these movements back, which is really important um, because it helps with our alignment. It helps with everything, our mental state. Um, okay so we got these moons back Now let's incorporate them Into some kind of play It doesn't have to be martial arts It could be tennis It could be basketball It could be rock climbing The things about play Is that it involves other people We don't deal with other people Because to quote Joe Rogan We now have this disease That makes us stare at our hands yeah. mm. You know mm. We're just fucking constantly like, Ignoring mm-hmm. people Trying to like Connect through likes Right um, And I think the community That we've built At Physical Culture. Is really, it, it's unique, and I'm really proud of it, and really happy with it. And we've got—I mean—the people that that are on our fight team are people who kind of—they didn't come in like, "Yeah, I'm gonna fight." They fell in love. Like, I mean, that's my job as an instructor is to make someone fall in love with martial arts, you know, whether it be jujitsu or muay thai. It's what I like as a musician. I'm trying to make people fall in love with music, one way yeah. or another. You know, I want to make something that someone hears and they're like oh that's fucking beautiful or oh my god that's fucking amazing I yeah. want to, you know Um, and my focus my focus really at PCC PCC and our, our, our Muay Thai program is called Diamond Heart Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu program is called Diamond Heart is that I want to create an atmosphere and a room full of the best training partners possible so that someone who comes up the stairs who's never heard of Muay Thai or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu before sees it and is like I want to do this. It's the same way we felt about like we didn't really know what fucking hardcore it was. It just it we heard it. and We're just like we saw it. When what it is this? This. Yeah. this. You know,
1: I mean the best. So one of the I'm sure you experienced this. One of the most fulfilling and frustrating things is as a musician when you when you feel somebody beat you to it. You know what I mean? Oh, when sure. you said I wish I had thought of that. Fuck. You There's know what, a what I
2: mean? Great story about that. Uh, but it's Michael Jackson story uh, he was I forget I don't know what album he was working on but he said to his producer because they were grinding on this fucking one idea trying to get it done he goes like we have to get this idea down or God or God will give it to Prince <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, right. but, I, 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 but I'm right. sure I'm sure martial arts are a little bit like that where you want to inspire that same sort of you know I mean? I wish I was doing that. I wish that I experienced that. I wish that I could have been the person to pull that off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that, that's, I, I'm sure it's, there's a lot of parallels here that I, I think that's cool. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, and I try
2: to make it to, I tell people all the time, man, because it's weird because in a lot of martial arts, you know, you get the, the yelling of like, come on, go harder, go harder. Yeah. No, no. Take a knee. Mm-hmm. You'll go harder next week if you take a knee now. Right. You know? This is your limit. Good, let's work here. Let's work here, because that will change if you consistently come back and you make a practice of it, you know? It's like, it's any, like anything, it's like songwriting. You have to make a practice of songwriting, because that's it's a neurological thing that we adapt to. You have to make a practice of, you know, it takes 21 days to create a habit. Yep. And these are the things that you need to be able to do and make a habit out of. Um, And uh, it's you know it's those we are not defined by by anything other than what we do on a regular basis. Sure, our habits are what define us. If you have good habits, then that is what you know. That is what's going to show. If you have bad habits, whether and even with physical culture, if you're overtraining that that flag's going to pop up. Trust me.
0: Mm.
2: You know, over being overtrained is way worse than being undertrained. And we see it a lot, especially with, with martial arts. People think that more is better. You know, we live in a very, in a world of very, like right now, with like the fitness industry, this extreme fitness. And I'll tell you what, everybody, no matter who it was, when you came out of the womb, you were in as perfect a form as you were going to be. Yeah. And, To develop, you know, like we end up at a certain point where we're, we're like in pain, and we, like, you know, I've had, you know, like plenty of times people like, oh, but you're always in shape, and I mean, as as red as my witness, like I have a huge pain tolerance because I like. From coming out of competitive Muay Thai, I would walk around being in pain, and being like, "Well, this is just what's normal," yeah, 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 and not realizing that I don't have to accept that. Right. I can change that if I choose to, but I have to develop the habits and other
1: in in order to change those things. So, you know? uh, sometimes I living living in New York, it feels like this doesn't need to be said, but I realize that I am in a bubble a lot. Uh, because I think it seems obvious but maybe not anybody can walk up those steps yeah oh absolutely okay
2: absolutely Great.
1: because I think for I want to give a shout out in a way uh, we actually
4: do really well in New York so there's a lot of different types well, of I actually wanted to you want to talk about the stuff you guys do on Fridays Friday nights oh this I fucking so
2: uh, cool. oh queer fight school yeah Milo Mendes coach Milo Mendes in queer fight um, she's, oh, we've, we've given her a platform to basically do what, you know, we like to call a safe gym mm-hmm. and it's for the LGBT, uh, and trans community. Basically it's for everyone. Yeah. You know, it's for, it's for people who want to kind of get their feet wet in the martial arts, but feel weird going into like, you know, the open level classes, even though everybody in the open level classes, the most awesome room full of people, you yeah. know, I mean God you get like Brian Audley who's one of the nicest guys in the him and Brandon like Chris Enriquez you know Dave Castillo everybody our our members that uh, you know our membership base is just such fucking awesome people but being a martial arts school people get like it's intimidating it's intimidating and I understand that so we've opened up we've opened up the the Friday uh, 730 it's a donation based you know we just want people to come in and like experience it have fun with it you know and that's the thing like explore that that idea that concept that movement because it's important it's not just the point of empowering people and teaching Mm self-defense is one thing but the point is to bring the community to bring the community closer together especially now because and I've really tried hard to stay off the political bent because there there is such a divide and conquer of where they're trying to like you know they you know, they've they've turned to the right against the left.
1: You just, they and want you to see what the world in a binary, for sure. Exactly, and this it's like, or that. We got to keep these pe- poor people mad
2: at these poor people, Yep. and then get them all mad at these these other people from this other mm-hmm. you know, walk of life, right. yeah, you know. And you know, it's like well, we fuck, well, fuck well, them all. Well, we fuck What we'll, well, we we we'll fuck call them poor all. poor people group C. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, and you know, it's, it's we're just trying to pull the wagons around in a circle. Yeah, you know, such a like cool that. idea. Such a cool idea. and it's you know it's it's we've had some situations too because in in Bed Stuy there was there was some assaults going on, of uh, of of young women, and which uh, Dave Castillo, who's the owner of uh, Saint Vitus, reached out to me. and goes like, "Hey, this girl lives right near like my girlfriend and I. We keep an apartment near the gym, like right near your. Uh, it was a block away. She was sexually assaulted, Jeez. and I reached out to her on on Facebook. I was like, "Hey, listen, you know." if you want to come down and check out what we're about and I was willing to like, I, I, I said, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll do a like I'll give you a month, month for free. Come down and see if this is for you. Yeah. You know, because right, right. it's like, to me, I think it's, it's worth more to give that person the chance, like, you know, an outlet first off, cause there's gotta be a lot of anger there, but also, um, the ability to be around a community and, and feel like, you know, like safe Yeah. yeah. and have that. And it's really important because, you know, it's, when someone takes your humanity like that, it's, it's, that's rough to deal with. It, it puts you in a very lesser than state, and it's a lot of work to get out of that.
3: Well, I mean, we, talked, we kind of talked down on the concept of comfort. And there's two states of comfort to me. There's comfort that's kind of enabled laziness. Yeah. And there's comfort that's quite literally physical safety. Right. Yeah. And right. that's that's everybody's on, entitled to that. Everyone, yeah, absolutely. everyone's absolutely. entitled to that. And and what I'm getting from what you said and what the programs you run and the shit like it just it's a warm feeling to me. Yeah is that martial arts are for everyone. And absolutely. you're doing everything you can
2: absolutely. from your basic classes
3: to special stuff. It's just like, let's make this something where everyone feels like they can come up these stairs.
2: Yeah, yeah that's right. absolutely. Um, and it's funny because uh, there was something on last night. We were watching... Oh, was the last night? The other night we were watching the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race. And I forget the, the Greek emperor who... He had he had a wife. But He also had a boyfriend. Xerxes? No. No no no. Xerxes was a. Uh, Xerxes was uh was uh, Egyptian. Egyptian. No. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um, I want to I want to say it was I think it was Hadrian. Okay. Hadrian, and because Hadrian was like the first like his his boyfriend had died and he erected statues all over yeah. Greece of him. Yeah. And but was like but he kept a wife also. Yeah. I tell you quite honestly, can we stop giving a damn about who you fucking? Yeah. Yeah. So we're saying, I don't care. I don't care who you love. I care that you love. Yeah, that's what's important. That's what's up. You know, yeah. and it's you know, if we divide ourselves by like, oh well, you know, they're straight and they're gay and they like, that's just fucking black and white and just you know like more binaries, genitals. this or this, you, you know? know, yeah, <laughs> who who yeah. it yeah, doesn't right. matter. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not taking away the the. the The years of abuse that have gone towards the gay community Mm -hmm. of, you know, having to live, having to live in a closet, having to be like, you know, know, like very secretive about like everything that's gone on and so on and so forth. And pick your deity, but blessed be to fucking Marlon Brando, (laughs) who wasn't afraid to fucking pull cards on people like the Reagans who were like Hollywood elite. And then the second Rock Hudson comes up And says You know I'm HIV positive They turn their Fucking back Yeah Right Right. They turn their Fucking back And right. you know Everybody was so like Oh well Marlon Brando And Richard Pryor Are you not seeing The big message here The big message here Is that like You know Is that These people have Had to live On underground Yeah Some of the greatest right. Most creative Artists ever That we've ever had yeah. You right. know, were persecuted a lot of times by their own kind, J. Edgar, Hoover. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. And right. you think
3: about you think about what Koch. that goes. Yeah, you right. think about what that yeah. goes you know? to that kind of suffering, that kind of torment. Yeah. It's that's, that's just inhibiting somebody who's got so much vibrancy and has so much to give the world at large, but the world at large is looking at him and going,
4: Wait, what? You're what? Exactly. Did you see the Kosh documentary? It was actually excellent. It was I so great, seen it. really good. But it was that was literally the whole thing. Like he had to like keep a girlfriend,
2: yeah. so he could like move in the, the social and political circles that he was moving in. Well, let's talk it's about like, well, let's talk yeah. about like, let's talk about the other end of the political spe- spectrum and holding a beard. Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, Is one he? of the most politically incorrect comic writers ever. ever yeah. you know, best thing to ever come out of Williamsburg. He's from Williamsburg. <laughs> yep. I did not know that. Yep.
1: I watched the producers a couple days ago. Genius, so yeah. fucking good such a genius, <laughs> such a uh, all right we're well, gonna cut it for time okay but no we got Yeah, uh, yep. we got canonized we got burned yeah it's, we so, can make that
2: all quick don't worry
1: okay yeah, it's
3: canonized
1: okay
2: so, so canonized you
3: told us about what are doing for?
2: um the record the first EP message in a bombshell is coming out on Essence Records out of London, England nice um, my boy Adam Malik's label uh, he's been gracious enough to do that Uh, Shout out Essence Records Essence is He's been He's such a Fucking awesome person I love that guy Um, He was our tour manager When we just The last European tour Um, I'm working right now On the new album Which I have the title for Which I'm not going to leak Um, I want to I want to put Ten record Ten good solid songs together Um, And uh, I'm going to release that And I'm hoping to be able To do shows with it This fall Right Um that it we, it's not a project it's a it's it's a, it's, a it's a band. band. Yeah. Right. It's a band. Very cool. Um burn. Well as everybody knows we did the the Door Die record is out. Um I'm I love that record. I'm yeah. really happy with how it turned out. We've got we did a we did so much touring on it. Uh, yeah you the, guys really did yeah, that's yeah. the most touring Burns ever done yeah we yeah. took the summer off I mean Chuck and I were both just spent at the end yeah. and we were just like ah. Yeah. and he's got he's got his project he's got his Ghost Estables project that he's mm-hmm. working on right now um, I think they're doing something with Freddie Alva's label oh wow um, cool and then uh, you know and like I said that that we're Burn is playing we're playing with Candaria oh wow yeah, October 20th at Brooklyn Bazaar nice there which we go will be I'm looking forward to that's gonna be a fun show. Yeah. Um the canonized the canonized thing I'm looking to hopefully have that let's say October possibly, we'll yep. see. Um you know, as far as it goes though, like promoters, um, I'm not I like I know where I'm doing. I know where I know I'm doing the first show. Like, and I'm, I'm is, right now. It's gonna be limited engagements because I really want it to be something special. So, yeah. As far as it goes, I'm not looking to like. I will. I will be in touch when we're re- we're ready to book regular yeah. shows. Fuck yeah. You know. I like very that. Cool, very yeah.
1: cool. Uh. Power move, not calling it a project. I think that that's very self-limiting when people yeah call, yeah, call yeah it don't shit call it undermines the, yeah. the breadth yeah. of the band. No, uh, it, yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, even when you're a rapper, I think it's not a good idea to call shit a project. Like, yo, know, every, everything you do is a continuum of yourself as an artist. And you, uh, yeah, undermines your art. Don't yeah. do a project. Yeah. It's like yeah. what if project. Yeah. What? Yeah, it that? reminds me of something you do with construction paper. You know, yes. <laughs> but yeah. um, diorama. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank yeah. you yeah. so much for having me. It's awesome you know and like I guess in closing and just
2: go out go out be kind to each other and fucking create I'm really I'm I I, whenever someone throws like I have like friends of mine who throw new music across and it's always good because it's like sometimes you get kind of locked into what you're listening to especially at the gym because we have the same playlist we run all the time yeah um uh, working
4: out the tattoo the other day. Oh,
3: nice! Like, all the things he said. said all the things, things he said. said. Yeah, was running good. through my head. Yep. <laughs> Whatever happened to those girls? Not sure. I think that was it. I think it was that one release. Yeah, Let's got them
1: right. uh, yeah. It, yeah. 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 So, I'd like to have you back at some point to yeah. talk about a thing that we, we got listeners of all types and a thing. I think your perspective, the Mexican in New York perspective, to me is fascinating. Yeah. Because. We exist A, a, lo- well, a yeah. lot of people From parts of the country d- Don't understand What I'm, that is I'm, I'm a bad uh, Chicano though Because I don't really know A lot of Spanish No nah, <laughs> Look uh, I think that there's a stereotype Among people that are not brown That There's just brown unity Across the board right. And then when you talk to a Mexican Living in New York They will they tell you very quickly It's very different Nah yeah. you know, Oh you know, no 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 no, no so, so, Especially for
2: Especially for us blancos Yeah You know Yeah you know, like, like, like I mean Everybody's like, oh, well, Luis C.K. is Mexican. Yep. Steve Martin's Mexican. Yeah. Esteban Martinez. The Sheens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah yes, they sure. are yeah. Yep. But uh, it's just. It's a perspective that I don't hear very often on oh. in, in our in our world of guitar music, and I'd like to have you back. To and talk if there's
3: anything that, that we but... our large view goal is to expand world views and have yeah. big ideas and big concepts. So yeah,
1: and
4: then we have to do Craig on to do a comedy thing. We oh, um, love to
2: have Craig ahead uh, and you on. Together. Oh, I would love to be on with Craig. Craig is awesome. We'll work um, that out too. I, I'm really psyched that Death Wishes. I mean, I love the guys at Doesworth. Uh, Trey and Jake mm-hmm. have just been nothing but awesome to me and working with Kurt Ballou was amazing the whole crew over at Deathwish is really yeah, I mean I'm still in contact with yeah. them on a regular basis so it's like you they're know. so
3: rad they really do yeah. it right they know what they're doing yeah. so big shout outs to them thank you to Deathwish. thank you to Triple B our other sponsor yeah. um, and uh, my Tom pick would be do or die what we're, we're gonna, gonna do we'll do we'll do a record we'll cut it, out it. at the top um, we gotta be ready to at uh, uh, where can we find us on Twitter
4: At X to Grindcast
3: And you can email us at X to Grind Podcast At gmail.com And if you go To our Facebook It is
4: Facebook.com Slash X to Grind Podcast That's right And Uh, you 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 can Reach your
1: gym at
2: Uh, You can reach us At At Instagram At Physical Culture Collective Um, We can be reached At www.physicalculturecollective.com I can be reached Personally at GVV Strong On Instagram Or Gavin Van Vlack At Facebook Or Burn NYHC merch For Instagram the Canonized We have the Instagram up And that's Canonized band At Instagram yep. uh, I don't tweet Homie don't tweet All good <laughs> Homie don't tweet We're gonna,
3: We'll put all his Socials well up advised. there So you can click yeah. them Nice yeah. and easy uh, And
2: I like You know like Again The two plugs I'd like to put out Is also um, Is At Instagram Queer Fight mm-hmm. uh, That's Coach Milo Mendez's Is uh, Thing that she's doing And uh, Musical plug Gust from Sweden. We toured with them. Do yourself a favor, Mm. check them out. Gust, not on
1: my radar at all. Check it out. Check it out. All right, right. everybody. Thank you you for joining us. Have a very good night.
2: Thanks.